0: I am your father this is a brandon colby
1: jacobs from facebook exclusive and you'll see why
0: 1984 won't be like
1: 1984 touché my nigga. touché
2: Yo, to do what it is, man. It's your boy Brandon Kobe Jacobson. You are listening to the established 1984 podcast, man. Uh, who I have on my podcast today, man, for episode 21. It's, it's so funny. I, I thought it was funny when I found out that it was the 21st episode. It's like the grown man episode. Yeah. So uh, oddly enough, I've got a, uh, I've got somebody on here who. You know, I tell everybody they probably anybody who's listened to the podcast has probably already heard me talk about this man on multiple occasions. He's been the topic of conversation for multiple people who have been on the podcast. I feel like I have to give him this that 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 grandiose introduction. So he is the boss of Point Blank Entertainment. He's the boss of Crown Capital Group. He is a member of the Black Hand. Maybe the I think it's probably the founder of the Black Hand. Former hustler, radio program personality, uh, member of the chosen few. I mean, he's the one who broke open the UNF college scene, the Roxy, Sea Breeze, the Globe, Aqua, Climax, Terra Nova, the Plush Entertainment Complex. You name it, he's done it. This guy is responsible for all the DJs you love. 151, Fat Pat, Rick Rude and the Rude Boy DJs. DJ D Money and DJ Bird. He's worked with Q45. He's been all over the state of Florida. He's got Myth. I know he's got a bistro that he's been doing. He's busy. He's going to probably get calls in the middle of this, so this will be the second time we get b pairs. I have the person who you know, matter of, fact, matter of fact CEO, we go I got CEO on the line, but what's so funny is we gonna call this episode episode twenty one, what's beef, because everybody thinks we have so much beef. So I got CEO on the line. Ivory Or, how are you, sir? <laughs>
1: what's
0: up, man?
2: <laughs> Was that big enough? Did that feel like I did that feel like I got it all in? <laughs> <laughs> hey
0: man. It can always be bigger, man. Matter of fact, I might hang up and let you do so, <laughs> so, I, can, so I can be on episode number
1: 23, that's <laughs> Jordan, and I, and I gotta be the Jordan of this shit, dude. I'm sorry, man. I hate um, you, man. I okay, hate
0: you. We'll go on 21. 21 is Deion Sanders. That's prime time. There you go.
2: Prime time, baby. Prime time.
0: No, we can go prime time. that <laughs> prime
2: time episode, man. That, that'll work. Okay. I re- I mean, it's so funny. Like I said, this is going to be the, called the What's Beef episode because I think that a lot of people think that we have beef. That, like the streets have always said for years, New London Entertainment and Point Blank Entertainment, they, they've they done stuff together. They've done business together. But you know, Boss Hogg and CEO don't really get along with each other. They just be pretending and all this other kind of stuff. We're going to talk about that in a second. But, but I want to talk about that. Oh man, I have heard that for years People were like, you know Ivory really don't really like you Or you know y'all don't really get along Or you know he's just kind of putting up with you for the time being Because you know, you're know good at what you do from a flyer standpoint But we're going to talk about all of that kind of stuff We're going to get to that point I don't want to focus on that right now What I want to do right now Because I think it's the most important thing to do We've done it with everybody that's from Jacksonville You're a Northside uh-huh. representative Rep your hood, tell them where you went to high school at And how, where you grew up Kind of shaped you Man, uh, first of all, you said it right already, man,
0: Northside till I die, uh, man, I, I was raised on actual different parts of the north side. uh, but I stayed on all side of town at some point in my life. Uh, right. born and raised
2: right there, on Myrtle Avenue, Kings Road. Okay. Uh, till I was about nine, or 10
0: years old. Moved to Sherwood after that, stayed in
1: mm-hmm. Sherwood, uh,
0: the majority, all well, throughout high school, uh, You know, uh, uh, actually, believe it or not, got kicked out. Did you really? (laughs) Yeah, got got. Yeah, people. You gonna learn. Listen, man, y'all gonna learn a lot of things about me that you didn't know. Uh, I'm gonna be very open. uh, I'm gonna be very candid and frank. On this interview today, man, you gonna, it's gonna be almost the equivalent of a tell-all book. <laughs> <laughs> I already got one. Of the, I already got one
2: of those myself, the diary of a <laughs> <the Brandon laughs> no, man, man, lifetime of Brandon Jacob. But we're talking about you. Got kicked out, move
0: back over uh, to the, the, the Grand Park area, man. Mm-hmm. So.
1: And then you know I, I lived on Justina for a while, I lived okay. on the West
2: Side for a while. Only part of uh, only part of Jacksonville I haven't lived on was the East Side. Okay. After them
0: niggas too wild out like there. <laughs> <laughs> now
2: I got I've always wondered this. Your name is Ivory Ore. It almost sounds like a stage name. How how did you how did your mother come up with the name Ivory Ore? It just it just seems too um. entertainment perfect.
0: <laughs> well, the truth is, Ivory is a family name. Oh, okay. Uh, my great great grandfather, his name is Ivory. Okay. Um, uh, one of my my uncles, his name is Ivory. Okay. Um, I'm Ivory. I got a, a, a cousin. Ivory. It's, it's a family name. These are like like I said, my great great grandfather, highly revered in our family. Man, did a lot for our family. So that just became a name that 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 people. In our family, you know, they, they would name their children after him. It just came down. Like, it started with him, then my uncle. My uncle Ivory, he, he ended up being
1: a great guy, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what I'm not just saying it could be my, my relative. A lot of these people passed away before I was even alive. Right. But this is just what
0: I I learned this talking to my grandmother, my mother. This is what they explained to me. Because okay. I was like, where Ivory come from? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but. Uh, yeah but uh you you know i'm a black man running around with the name ivory you know i always have to explain this to white people all over right but uh so so i asked you know i asked my grandmama this what she explained to me so ivory is a family name man um and you know it's just something it's one of them names you you give to your kid in our family so so it's it's a it's actually an
1: honor for me to be even named that okay like in my family you understand and okay. I got it, 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 it doesn't help I got a sister named Ebony it just was too perfect <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, Ebony, Ebony and I I love so that it is what it is and we came out before the song by the way so, oh okay you know okay
2: they, that's, they bite. that's what's up <laughs> but anyway now I, now, what I had always heard, because you know, if, you know, the telephone game—you know, tell a, tell one person one thing, and then when it get down twenty people, it ends up becoming something totally different. Now, you just mentioned that you ended up getting kicked out of school, but what I always heard about you you're a bit of kind of a book nerd and all this kind of stuff. Was that a fair assessment no, of asked, you, or was I just, that overstated? Yeah,
0: I just, uh, I just... No, no, definitely I was a nerd
2: but one first I didn't get kicked out of school like I got kicked out of my house oh you <laughs> got kicked out of you know, your house okay okay
1: okay yeah not, not out of school now no. okay um uh, yeah
0: I definitely was a nerd man and I'm uh at, at one point I wasn't proud of it but now I definitely am and mm-hmm. I, I'm teaching my daughter I want her to be a nerd god damn it yeah. because at the, at the end of the day you know I'm I'm proud that you know I'm proud to be smart. I learned that it's the smart people that win in this world. You Definitely, so, hundred uh, percent. You know, and 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 that's one thing. Honestly, with our community, that I think we got backwards. Mm-hmm. We idolize the people. We idolize people who, who, who do dumb shit, mm-hmm. and we clown people uh, for 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 being smarter or pursuing. You got kids that. That try to
2: hide being smart. Right. <laughs> you know, man, I what mean, I was kind of the same Funny. way myself, man. Like, I, 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 you know what I'm saying? I, I thought the street life was the way to go, you know what I'm saying? And I ain't want to be smart. I ain't want to. I don't want people to know that my dad, you know, my dad has a master's degree in in building construction. My mother is one of the uh, first uh, black freshmen to attend the University of Florida when they started doing the integration. Because, you know, initially they did integration through uh, the HBCUs. They just brought blacks over. My mother is a part of the first group of black freshmen from Gainesville, Florida, to attend the University of Florida all four
0: years. So So, so, so listen, man, like for me, um, like I said, man. I I I was always a smart guy all my life, I always been real smart, I always nerd. Had these real big ass glasses too, man. And that's what made me a nerd. <laughs> <Big> <laughs> but at the same time I was I was like, you know, I was
1: rapping, I was doing all this I was playing football. Mm-hmm. So I was a cool guy, but you know, I you know, still a nerd. Right. And then just I forgot what year it was. Oh, I know it was.
0: My ninth or tenth grade year. I think it was my ninth grade year. I got the Reebok senior high. And man, I lost my mind. Look at my phone ringing right now. But I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna click over, man. It was a money calling, but I, I, I call, but I'll call him back after the interview. Uh, ho- ho- hopefully, he'll blow up my phone. But anyway, um, yeah, man, I, my ninth or tenth grade year, man, I lost my mind
1: for a little while, man. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I was gonna, I decided I was gonna be a thug.
0: I I stopped wearing the big ass glasses Mm -hmm. I'm I'm in in class I can't see (laughs) (laughs) I can't read the chalkboard oh my
1: god so you know and I'm I'm playing sports I'm doing well playing football
0: you know and um honestly man like my grade point average went down so low and this what made it real for me my grade point average went down so low um that, you know, springtime came around for the jamboree, and my mm-hmm. uh, f- my football coach, Coach Mallory. Shout out to Coach Mallory, man, I love you. Coach Mallory pulled me to the side. He said, "Mr. Oh, I got bad news for you, sir. <laughs> I was like, what, 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 what could he got? What could he possibly have to tell me? I'm, I mean, I'm smart, so I'm thinking automatically. I don't know why I just thought automatically my grades is going to be good because I'm smart. Right, right? He's like, man, uh, sorry, sir, you ain't got the grades to play." Um, This year in December, what you mean? I got the grades, and he pulled up my grade point average, and he showed me what that was, man. Bro, my heart dropped because, like, like I said, it wasn't real to me until he showed that to me. Then you know what I'm saying, right? I just, I never, I never was that guy that didn't have the grades to do anything. Like that that was never even a concern for me. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it got real. For me then, and that's when that's when I honestly I got focused. Um, I, that was also around the time I got kicked out of the house, like a lot of stuff happened at that time. And then I, I got focused, I changed my life, I decided to, 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 to get back, put the focus back on my education. You know, I started going to church heavy, um, and I just what I was going to church, but I started actually paying
1: attention. Right, <laughs> Started getting into every man and just try, started started try
0: to refocus myself, man, to get. I had to find my center again, and then you know I found it, and I actually ended up turning my grades around. I became a straight A student for the rest of the time I was there. Rebuilt. Okay. Um, you know, graduated with honors. so, okay. You know, guys. You well.
2: Know, okay. So you, So the so you got this. You ended up going to UNF, and I know that part. Now, where does chosen few begin? Is that in high school, or is that while you're yeah. at UNF? Nah, that's in, that's in high school, man. I was, okay. uh, I
0: always rap, man. I've been rapping, believe it or not, people, some people don't believe what I tell them. I've been rapping since I was like four or five years old. I got mm-hmm. actually, my, my godmother and family, they got video of me rapping at family reunions in front of crowds. I've been rapping since I was little. Right. Um. So, you know, I've been rapping all my life. And I mean, I am not the, not
2: the brag. I'm, I'm pretty okay at that shit. So, I, agree, um, I agree, cut the cut the shit. You ain't got to do that on this podcast because everybody on this podcast has heard me say that you are the greatest rapper in the last 15 years in the history of Duval County, and it's not even up for debate. I've said that. It's I've it's said that on it's multiple been occasions. Been I said it on all the been podcasts been you listen to. to. So, so cut the shit. We you know heard. you're good. first first of all first of all I gotta
0: say I appreciate that man and everybody who's ever supported me I I definitely appreciate that but I will I'm a humble guy bro I ain't gonna lie to you and uh I'm I'm definitely cool with you saying that because it's true (laughs) uh, I just can't say that dude I just
1: can't
0: say that you know what I'm saying but uh you know bottom line is I, I, I was always rapping and um so I, I would be at school. At school, man, we you know we beating on the lunch tables in in, in, um, in the lunch room. where we at gym, I'm always rapping everywhere. So I'm known for it, right? right?
1: So um, my homeboy, man, one of my best friends to this day, and one of my ride or die.
0: I I, I feel like the dude's like my brother, man. Uh, go by the name of Goat. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually. Uh, he actually came to battle me. I didn't even know he came to battle me. <laughs> just to be honest with you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I didn't even know he came to battle me. He, we had a mutual friend that was trying to rap, and and that guy brought Goat to me to try to battle me because he, he heard Goat and he, he know Goat to be a good rapper or
1: whatever. Right. And uh, and we were... Rap- I didn't know we was battling. To be honest with you, I was just rapping. I just like to fucking rap. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you
0: know I found out later years later that Go was
1: battling me <laughs> I, didn't <even> like it. <laughs> I didn't even know this. but apparently you know we, we we just ended up having a mutual respect for each other man he introduced me to Dirt
0: which is another person that was in the group mm-hmm. he actually took me he took me Dirt he, he took me oh this is going to be funny Dirt lived in some projects which is now EWC Dorms. <laughs> the project's the right, right behind
1: EWC. Yeah.
0: Society Court, Society Court. I mean, this is the this is the hood, hood.
2: That was Rick Rule. That's Dirk Brother. That's That oh, okay. no DJ Rick Rule. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Like, I
0: met when I met Rick Rule. Rick Rule was it, was in was running around the house and the girl like Tarzan.
2: <laughs> Just throw this grown ass man under the <laughs> bus right now, huh? <laughs> and, and I
0: love, I don't care. <laughs> I didn't know this nigga since he was like, ah! <laughs> right. <laughs> so, he ain't gonna change. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, like, Go actually took me around there, again, without my knowledge, he took me around there to battle dirt. I didn't know I was battling dirt. <laughs> I thought
1: we were just going around this old mm-hmm. And he, uh, and the Dirt saw a I that nigga, hey, boy, I ain't gonna lie. Dirt, one of the few
0: people I, at that time, that made me be like, damn, I gotta step my game up. (laughs) Right. You know, but, you know, he he thought the same thing about me and we just end up, you know, just, 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 uh, you know, meeting a bunch of people that rap. And I I was always a person to try to bring people together, man. Mm -hmm. And everybody that we, that we met that had some real serious talent, either we was putting them in the group or we was, you know, starting the clique. See, back then, that was it. that was during the whole Wu-Tang time period. Right, so you, you got know? like eight, nine
2: people in the clique. Gotcha. So, so, it, so
1: it could be it could be like eight, nine people in the group. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? During that time
0: period, that was cool. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so you know, I, I had my own Jacksonville Wu-Tang, basically. But, you know, without all the, the
1: sons and the, and the guards and all that shit. <laughs> right, you know what I'm saying? right. So it was, it was a Northside Wu-Tang, basically.
0: Uh, so you know we put it together, man. Like I said, I was always about bringing people together. So that's how, that's how the whole show diffused. I was, I was still in like tenth or eleventh grade when that happened, man. So and that's around the time Point Blank. I came up with the idea of Point Blank Records, but it, it
1: wasn't, it, it wasn't in the form
0: of what it is
2: today. Right, right, right. And we're gonna talk about a little bit about that. But what I notice is is that Chosen Few went on for a while because I even remember it in 2000 when I'm at uh, First Coast High School. I see posters of y'all on the I know we got some listeners who are a little bit young. There they, they were uh, pay phones at school. <laughs> and, y'all had, and y'all, had posters. y'all had posters on the wall that wasn't the first time I met you I mean like the first time I met you and I know you're not going to remember this I was 14 14, 15 I met you in the dorm when um, when uh, you were with Vernon at some point I was like 14, 15 somewhere in there you were in the dorms with Vernon and my sister was there because you know him and my sister used to talk and that's actually the first time that we crossed paths I didn't know who you were I just saw it I knew I knew you from a poster and I was like oh that's the dude that rapped from the poster that was at the school you know what I'm saying and, you know what I'm saying and I, I would see cause Vernon cause Vernon for me when I'm 14 15 16 even 17 years old he's like a celebrity so when he's saying like yo this is this is my dude ivory or whatever like i'm too afraid to talk to you because like you like a celebrity to me like you know what i'm saying like because at my school you want a poster like you know what i'm saying like you legit like you know what i'm saying so oh man yeah but yeah, so I, I remember those posters. somebody actually screenshotted me a picture of, <laughs> of one of those posters not too long ago
0: man that,
1: that just brought back memory
2: Yeah, so I know you end up going to UNF. Obviously, this is part of the story that everybody knows. Now, when does your first major event start? Like, when do you start saying, "Okay, I I think I want to go the route of getting into promotions as opposed to being a rapper"? Was that a conscious decision, or was there an opportunity presented that you just took? I'm I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, man. It, It just happened
0: really by accident. The truth is. Like you said, like, uh, I was in high school. That's when Chosen Fuse started. Uh, that's when I, you know, my, my music group and my, my, my uh, me and my team were trying to, to get our rap career off the ground. And mm-hmm. at that time, man, it wasn't like how it is now, how everybody got a studio in their house, how you could download these programs. and Like, it wasn't that accessible, man. You doing studios, that shit was expensive at the time. Man. Right. So, um, and it was, in Jacksonville, it was only, like, two, Maybe three studios that were legit that you could go
1: to and record something at. Right. Um. So, you know, honestly, we had to raise some money for for studio time and and for for those posters you're talking about, and for pressing up CDs and tapes and yeah, cassette. And you had to press up
0: vinyls to give the DJs. Like you, it, it costs a lot of money, and, and I ain't gonna lie, man. Like people don't really understand, but like I'm the nerd, I'm the college guy, but I hang around but street dudes. You mm-hmm. feel
1: me? Yeah. Like the dude, the dudes
0: who I was around, they was all in the streets, and, and it was me trying to find a way to, to,
2: to, to do all this legally. Get them out of that.
0: Si- what? Well, yeah, and to get them out of that situation. And I'm like, look, man, like I don't want to sell dope. I don't want to have the story that every rapper has now and they they, they,
1: they, they proud to lie about they, they they really lying most of them mm-hmm. they, they, they pay
0: for all that shit with their dope money and most of them
1: lying mm-hmm. but um, and, and if you listen and trust me I know I, I meet,
0: I've met most of your favorite rappers most of your your favorite rappers lame as hell and that's <laughs> that's one thousand you know what I'm
2: saying you're yeah, yeah, definitely so, telling but, the truth
0: but 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 I didn't want to go that route. I was like man look man you know I had just got dug in a knucklehead I wasn't trying to go further down the rabbit hole right. because I was like look man so um I don't want to sell dope I don't want my dogs going to jail because that's what's going to happen you know so how can I how can we raise some money and pay for this shit you know what I'm saying I'm 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 working two jobs at a time you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying like
1: um like how do we do this how do we raise this money so I actually went when I first got to UNF. I went to
0: a Alpha Party at, at the Boat House, mm-hmm. and um, and that bitch was wetting and, and me, I don't, I didn't even know I had a mind for business at the time. I guess, but I, but I had a mind for business. And I'm just, at the, I'm looking, I'm, I'm watching all the people come in. I'm watching them pay five dollars, ten dollars to get in, right? And I'm looking at all the people come in. I'm telling kind of like, oh shit, this was was making some money. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> At that time, I thought,
1: that, I, I thought $5 was, was a lot. <laughs> $5 right. a head. Right. So it was a lot to do it. And uh, I was like, damn, I could, I could do this. So I
0: tried to throw a couple parties with my, with my people. The first couple was wet. <laughs> but every time we did it, they got better and better. And I could, even though they was wet, I got, I was able to see where we went wrong. And, um, and I was able to. Figure, I learned from those mistakes, fixed them on the next time. And every event got better and better
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, until it started making some money. And it just over time, man, we kept doing it. You know, we kept doing it, and we kept getting some opportunities. You know, once once uh, I met some of the right people that gave me some opportunities at some nightclubs to do the same thing. And over time. I mean, even bro, and we was doing this for years,
1: bro. Look, hey, this, this DJ Bird calling me right now. <laughs> I wish I could conference him. Yeah. But uh, uh,
0: uh, over the years, man, we, we was doing it, and we was still really just doing it, really for the music, right? You know, it was really all about
1: the music. It was. It went from, it went from. Look, we got to use this money
0: to pay for financing the music. Then it went into look, hey. You know, we trying to get these DJs to play our records and they won't play our shit. Well, fuck it. We're going to get our own shit. And we're going to play our own records. We're going to throw our own parties, play our own records. We're going to get our own rent out our own clubs. You know what I'm saying? We going to we going to going to do it ourselves. If they don't want to play our shit? We going to play our shit. Okay. Like now that that's that's one thing about me that has never changed. I'm, I'm a very independent-minded person. I am a I'm the type of person that will not take no for an answer. You can't tell me that it's something I can't do. You right. know what I'm mean? saying? Like if you tell me I can't jump out of a plane without a parachute and live, I'm jumping the list, I'ma find something. You know what I'm saying? I'm a get one of them uh, one of them
2: little winged things. Don't mention it, possible. Like I'm the like, little bat yeah, suit it, deal. I'ma find. I'ma find. Y'all gonna have a Batman
1: wing? I'm gonna get a jet pack Something. You
0: you're not gonna tell me what I can't do, you
1: know right?
0: Like, I, like especially at that time, right? <laughs> so let me stop you
2: Let me stop you right there because I what I want to do is I want to talk a little bit about that process. So. You're in the process of developing club nights through the parties that you're doing at UNF. While you're going through that process, I know that you have you either already have fostered or you're in the process of fostering relationships with a couple of people that I know. I don't want to call them founders because I don't want to disrespect how you had your organization founded, but people I know that were deeply connected to what you do. Vernon K. Johnson, Maurice Sean Don Oliver, Chris Francisco, I think is his last name, 151, and D-Money. These are all kind of okay. people that you meet around the same time. How do these relationships create the process of kind of developing what ends up being the point-blank entertainment that we initially knew? Like, the, I guess kind of like point-blank entertainment One, 1. 1.0 point or 1.5, you know what I'm saying?
0: Well, honestly, it was honestly, man, it was a lot of people even before that. Like, uh, when point-blank actually started, when I first actually put it down on paper and and um and made it into an entity. It wasn't a record company. It wasn't an entertainment company. It was an artist union. Like I said, I was all about bringing people together. Right. So I called it point. I called it point blank artist union. Um. I actually registered it with UNF. Mm-hmm. We used to. Uh, I, I used to get the um, the Robinson Theater. I used to use the lobby for the Robinson Theater and hell meetings. And what it was for, it was for. It was like not—I don't want to say support group because that sounds like it's an AA meeting—but it was basically like a support system for anybody who was trying to do entertainment. So, if you was a, a rapper and and this guy was uh, a graphic designer and this guy was a poet and this guy was a singer and this this girl she was a, she wanted to be a model or or whatever. Hey, whatever you're trying to do that's related to entertainment, let's come together, let's network, and let's figure out how we can link up and help each other, be each other's support, and each other succeed. So
1: that's
0: how, that's why you'll see, like, some of the people you name, for those of you who know
2: them, or if you don't know, like, a lot of these people had their own companies. Vernie K with with Dime, that was in music, is Dime High, Maurice was working with him, yeah.
0: Right, these people had their own movements. My thing was, let's take these movements, and let's support them. Like, Like, it wasn't, hey, you follow me, I'm CEO, and and you under me, it wasn't that. Like, it was more so, look, you you uh, you uh want to be a boss at what you're doing. You want to be great at what you do. I don't even want to say boss, because n- niggas wasn't saying that shit back then, and it's way overused now, right. to be honest with you. Like, but you were trying to be great at this. You know, Vernon had his, he had dollars in music entertainment, and they was trying to be great at that you mm-hmm. know I had shows in few point blank entertainment I'm trying to be great at that I didn't see that as a conflict you understand mm-hmm. like I said I saw that as man they doing something we doing
1: something hey this my man over here Jack Guns. he doing something Ty Stick he
0: rap this guy's a DJ man let's all get together and let's help each other you know what I'm saying let's, let, let's help each other
2: damn Ty Stick calling me the niggas must know we on <laughs> I'm almost certain they know
1: it's <laughs> crazy <laughs> I just said I just said this man's name and he called me. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So,
0: but um, but yeah, man, uh, it was all about helping each other succeed. I was looking at cities like New York and like Atlanta. And if you ask any rapper about Atlanta today, uh, every rapper from Jacksonville moves to Atlanta and be like, "Man, man, I'm going to Atlanta because there's so much love up there, supporting niggas, mm-hmm. ain't hating." Da da da, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I was trying to create that scene in Jacksonville. I was trying to, to
0: start that. I was trying to, to spark that off. So that's what Point Blake started at. And that's how me and some of the guys you named were, were were you know, started out doing business. Um, Vernon came into play because I met Ty Stick. Ty Stick is one of my best friends, man. One of The guy just called me. He's a, he's a rapper. I heard him throughout all the uh, – I forgot exactly how I met him. But um, – he, he was dope, so he was coming to the to the artist Union meetings, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like I was managing him, but again, he was doing something. I believed in him, so we were supporting him. So I was pushing his record. I helped him get some beats. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was doing. I was, a lot of people don't even know I, I, I used to be a producer, so I was producing records at the time. That's one of my jobs. I got. I, I worked at Black House. I worked at the Muse. I was producing tracks for artists to, to rap to. Rap mm-hmm. and, and again, that that started because. Of, I couldn't find the beats I wanted or I couldn't afford to buy beats, so I said I'm gonna make my own at them beats.
1: Right. <laughs> Taught myself how to do that shit. So, you know, anyway I'm working with
0: Ty Stick. Ty Stick had a dope, dope record out. Vernon liked it, saw the potential in it. He and Vernon approached me and approached Ty about working
1: with Ty. Mm. And at that time like First of all, I don't manage time. I don't got no record
0: label. This is my dog. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So everything I'm doing for him is strictly out of the fact that this is my dog. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I feel like if he blow, it he can help me blow. You know what I'm saying? Like I was working on my shit too. So when he come approaching me, he's like, "Yo, man," and this Vernon. He's like, "Yo, man." Yo, we got to have a talk. And I'm like, who is this nigga here? <laughs> and I'm like, who? I'm thinking, who is this nigga? And he's like, yo, we got to have a talk about Ty Stick. I'm like, what the fuck we got to have a talk about Ty Stick in my head? And, uh, and when I got home, Ty Stick came to my crib. He said, man, you know this nigga named Vernon? i was like, man, this nigga came to me today. And uh, he's like, yeah, man, he want to talk to me about my record,
1: man. Who is this nigga? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> so, and, uh, sat down, had a talk with Vernon. About
0: Ty Sticker. he was telling me about all the potential he thought Ty had and what we could do with it, and this, and this, and this. So it just it showed me that he had a uh, a mind for business.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm the type of person. Listen, man, the biggest key to my success is I'm a talent scout. Mm-hmm. That's basically what I am. I'm a glorified talent scout. Right? Because
0: like, like I, I, you got a talent and I can see it. I'm gonna try to somehow bring you on board to do something. I don't know, maybe not, I might not even know what it is at the time. Mm-hmm. But it's gonna be something. You know, and, and I saw Vernon had a dead mind for business. Um, so hey look man, let's work together. I don't know what we're gonna work on, but let's hey man come you know, let's work together. We didn't know it was no clubs or parties. We didn't know what the fuck was going to do. We we're just working together. Oh, well. And then um Chris Francisco the same way. Chris Francisco, that a lot of people don't know this is an Asian guy, he's a Filipino. Right. He was actually my first business partner. And, you know, I, and he became my first business partner because you know why? We had a class together at UNF. We had a project. We had a group project, Me, him and some other white people. And um, and the group never met one time. And a lot of it was probably my fault, you know, because I was off, you know, being a rapper.
1: Right. Group
0: never, met, group never met not one time. So now it's the day before the project is due,
1: right? Mm-hmm. And this project determines... Your uh, your your grade for the class because the the, the the class is built all around the project. Right, 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 right. And We ain't had one goddamn meeting. We I don't, <laughs> don't even know what the project about. I'm gonna just be honest with you. I,
0: at this time, I don't even know what the project about. Right. So, you know, we meet up with uh we meet up with our group the night before. Right. Mm-hmm. And everybody's panicking. Everybody is panicking. Right. And, and I, and especially, I ain't going to lie, and I ain't racist, but I'm sorry, but especially these white people, they all, oh man, they, 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 oh, my God, if I feel this class, I'm going to, I'm not going to get this grade, I'm going to kick out of school, my dad's going to fucking kill me, all right? And, 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 and we're like, and me and Chris actually calm everybody down, and Chris is like, yo, don't worry about it, I'm going to put together this, this, uh, I'm going to put together the PowerPoint, it's da, 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 is gonna be dope. Uh, so he did, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody said, and I, and I was like, "Look, y'all, just chill. We got it. Like, let, like, it, it, we'll get through it, mm-hmm. right?" So the day of, the next day comes, and uh, and it's twenty minutes before class is start. This class is about to start. We meet up outside of class, and
1: Chris's PowerPoint crashes. <laughs> like, the whole thing crashes. Oh, so God. Everything that he did
0: is gone. <laughs>
2: everything It ain't no gone. junk drive. Oh, ain't no junk drives at this point, probably.
0: Ain't no junk, nigga. We got floppy to Nigga, All that shit is gone. So he goes to put it in, and it's not there, right? All right. One of the white girls literally faints. She fainted, right? She actually just fainted. Another girl saw crying. This other dude, he saw a cousin. He got... They think it's all over. They think, oh, we all think a zero in this project. in class, it's done. Mm-hmm. So, again, I step in. I'm like, look, 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 look. This is what we're going to do. <laughs> look, everybody just calm down. This is what we're going to do. I say, Chris, you got your computer with you? Yeah, man. I say, look, just put some stuff up on the screen. Just put some pictures up on the screen that relate to what we had to do to do with this project, and I'm going to talk. He's like, what? I said, like, listen, bro, just put up some graphs, put up some charts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> said, like, bro, just put up some charts. So I just, this this bro, ain't just some looked, nigga I'm shit. I said, look, bro. I said, don't eat. I said, this shit ain't even got to mean nothing, bro. I said, just put up some charts, bro. I said, you're going to flash them real quick. And I said, when I tell you to switch it, you switch it. And I said, we're going to go fast. I'm going to talk. He said, Ivory, we, we haven't studied at all about this. I said, listen, bro, I got it. You just put up the charts. I'm gonna handle it. And, and I said, the rest of y'all, y'all just stand up there, right? And I might ask you a question, and you just say yes. <laughs> said, uh, they was like, they looking at me like we retarded, right? Right. We walk, we walked in there. That man, he, he threw together some charts about whatever. Who knows
1: what they was about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they
0: could have been, they could have been Domino's pizza charts. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he threw up some charts. And he pulled from God knows where. I don't know where he got him from. Right. And when he threw him up, I BS through the whole fucking uh, proposal. You know, I said I don't know what the hell I was talking about. But yeah, I, I, I said in class listening to the other people's proposals and got an idea of what we were supposed to be talking about. And. I just,
1: you know, off the top, I, I, I'm a rapper. I freestyle, I freestyle the off the top of the dome. off the, top of the oh dog, god! And,
0: and we got a, and we got an A in that class. We got a, we got an A on the project, an A in the class. Everybody, everybody passed. Everybody happy, and that's when I knew that me and Chris Francis go to work together, and. Shortly after that, I asked him to be my business partner because at that time, this going to make me sound real old, like the internet was kind of new. And I ain't, no <laughs> <about the> <laughs> I ain't no shit about the internet. about
1: the internet. And he did. Right. And I was like, man, I think we're going to need, hey, this is so funny. I was like, I think we're going to need the internet in, for
0: music in the future. I need to have somebody who understands the internet and computers. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I, I need be one of those guys, right? I don't understand a shit. I do So, you know, he (laughs) does. So, you know what? I'm going to put him down. (laughs) <laughs> and that, and I, I made him my business partner based off
2: of that. Now, what let you me, so let creep? me, I want to keep, I want to keep moving because I know I, I only have you for a limited time and there's some other very important things that I have to hit on here. Let's do a, a awesome. very, let's do a very quick uh, conversation about the Roxy. You get the Roxy from Tom Fisher. That was talked about in the last podcast with 151. But can you kind of go very quickly and very briefly uh, into like how that all comes together where you end up getting the Roxy on a Friday Friday night from tom fisher this white guy that lives out at the beach
0: i mean honestly bro i had done some parties with tom and some other clubs and honestly it wasn't even for the black crowd it was mostly for like uh like the white college crowd uh yeah i do that too nigga uh mm-hmm. but yeah I, I did a couple of those then he and i just happened to be on the phone and he was like yeah man i'm getting ready to start this uh night at the roxy on friday I'm going to give it to some other, prom- to this promoter guy he named. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I was like, don't give it to him. Give it to me. <laughs> he was like, he He's like, you sure? Cause he, see, and, and he had been used to me doing the white college thing. He wasn't even used to me doing nothing black. Mm. Um, and I, he was like, you think you can do it? And I was like, yeah, man, I can do it. And it, it was so funny. This is how God works. I got an offer to do something at Cartouche, another old club. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe like three weeks before that, right? Shout out to Levi
2: and, Jordan.
0: Yeah, I think Levi. I don't know if Levi was still over there or not at that time.
2: Um, yeah, he was, he was still over there at that time because I, I ended I end up yeah, crossing paths well, with him a couple years later.
0: Matter of fact, he was over there, but he wasn't the guy who offered it to me. So he had some promoters on Friday. They wanted to. to they, they reached out to me. Because they knew I did stuff and basically was going to use me to help bring people to there Friday night, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, and I was like, shit, man, this fir- is one of the first times somebody offered me a club uh, and, and, and I hadn't been to Cartoons before as a patron, so I knew it was a, at that time a legit club, so I'm like, man, we could do it. And again, you couldn't tell me that I can't do nothing, so I just thought it was going to be successful.
1: Mm-hmm. So I
0: brought it to Vernon and all the other people on the team at that time, and everybody shot it down. I was pissed <laughs> I was there, but uh but everybody shut it down and I'm one of those people I'm not a dictator man like this is a democracy <laughs> you know what I'm saying right especially at that time Uh, you know every this 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 everybody's future depends on this everybody's work is tied in this so if y'all ain't feeling it then fuck it we are not gonna do it even though I wanna do it fuck it we ain't gonna do it right right three three weeks later I get the call from Tom about the Roxy and that ends up being the the, the best thing to happened it was the club that actually launched
1: my career um, as you know it today. Mm-hmm. So
0: had, had my team been with it been with the whole cartouche move, man, you probably wouldn't even be on the phone right now. Yep. You know? Because who knows if that would've worked out or how that would've led. Somebody else might you
1: might be on the phone with somebody else right here right, right now. So like, yeah man <laughs> you know <laughs> Oh <a> pioneer <laughs> You feel me? But
0: but it just so happens you know, you know, I, I I really believe in God. I believe I believe what He has for me is for me, and I believe that He He He, he did not want me to go that route, um, and, and for good reason. Now that I'm looking back on it, for real good reason. Right. <laughs> um,
1: He didn't want me to go that route. He had something better for me, and even though I thought that was the way I was
0: supposed to go, He had another plan, and He used my team to to show me that it was another plan. Like, and that call from Tom Fisher was just like, it, was, it wasn't It was like we was just, you know, planning to open up something together. It was, you know, it was on a hook, out of the blue. He was calling me, asking my opinion on another promoter
1: mm-hmm. that
0: he was about to give it to. Right. And it just so, he didn't have to call me. He could have just gave it to that promoter like he had planned to anyway. Right. Right? So, and uh, he called me, asked me my opinion, and I was like, bro, you need to let me do that. And... That
2: was it. That's how that's how it started. Okay. So that's how it that's how it starts. And that begins to grow and it begins to develop and it essentially is the linchpin to, as you stated, you becoming the person that you are today. Given that you're on the yeah. phone with the person that the the person that's referred to back in the old days as Boss Hog, right around two thousand and five, two thousand and six, I returned from Tallahassee, come back to Jacksonville, and because of uh, Latoya Goodman, Miss Innocence, I start getting back into the industry. I'm doing stuff with Universal okay, at this time. About her. <laughs> right, right, right. She's the reason why. Okay. Yeah. If if there's no, I always say this. If there's no Latoya Goodman, there's no there's no boss hog. There because it just doesn't happen. Because she picked me up out of out of a lot of stuff that I had going on when I came back from Tallahassee. But but uh, off that point, round 2005 okay. 2006, I'm working for Universal as a college rep. I think I initially meet you again, like for the first formal time as a as an adult um, and over there when we when there was like a record pool meeting. D-Wash was doing one of those record pool meetings over at Cartouche. You you gave me your contact information, said, hey, come over to the Roxy. And I begin patroning the Roxy. I start building a team. And before you know it, new blood starts to appear in your in your venues and you, it starts to appear in your venues a lot. What is your perception of me at that point, and what's it like dealing with me and my team at that point?
0: Yeah, be honest with you, bro. And be, and be
2: 100% honest. Don't lie. Uh, uh,
0: around that, Yeah, of course. I, honestly, bro, like, it was no perception at that time. Like, I kind of found out about you. Um, I remember you came up and you introduced yourself to me. I, I remember that. But as far as New Blood, I didn't find out about that until I think... I think again. I think it was Tom Fisher because I think you were passing out some of his flyers. Like mm-hmm. y'all, y'all was like distributing flyers for him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Right. And and he and I were doing plush and a few other things at that time. And and he was just we were partners at that time. Right. And um, he told me that you guys were doing the promotions. That's how I found out that like what you were doing as far as promotion goes.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
2: Now we move uh, in.
0: We start yeah. doing
2: stuff in your venues, and this is always what the the rumors and humbug kind of kind of go. I always thought that the relationship was great. We you know we came in, we did our thing, we did our promotions. We were working with Tom. We were doing a lot of stuff. He was a partner for us, growing into what we eventually became. Was there issues at that point, like with my approach, with uh, with how uh, I
0: that, how why I interacted it's with you? Weird. Like, I, I, that's why it's kind of weird because. I, like I heard some of the other podcasts where you said that people said we had beef, and like, you, and you started out this interview saying that we had beef. Bro, I didn't know nothing about that, bro. <laughs> like, like, people, people who know me, who really know me, they know, bro. I have tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. Like, I really do. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, right? Uh, and this, in this case, it's good because, bro, I had no idea. Like, I barely knew, like, what was going on, like, the the events that you guys were doing because, bro,
2: all I think about, I wake up every day thinking about what do I have to do.
0: Right, yeah. What do I have to do to make sure Point Blank Entertainment and Crown Capital Group is successful? Right. And, you know, and once I had my kid, it became even more. It was, what do I have to do to make sure Malia eats? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I was young, I, I was, well, relatively young when I, when my girl got pregnant. Like, bro, I damn near lost my mind. I was scared as shit. I was still living on. I was still living in the hood. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I, like people, I had successful clubs going on. but I'm still living in the hood. I'm driving my girl's car. Like, I'm not, bro.
1: I'm not. A, I'm not. I'm an adult, but I'm not a grown man yet. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Right. So, so when I when, when 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 my my
0: daughter came, bro, like I was. I didn't care what anybody else was doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? All I cared about was what I'm doing, and I'm still like that to this day. Like I don't, bro. I, when people be like competition, I, I this this people people think I'm bullshitting, bro. I do not see competition. I don't even think about competition. Like like people think they're competing with me, but I don't even know it. You know, no. I've had people be like, yeah, man. You know we you know we, we've been competitive, man. I'll be like, Yeah. <laughs> and and friend, then they probably yeah,
2: think you're being yeah. an asshole. They probably are like, The fuck well, is that mean?" like you know what bro, I'm saying? Like <laughs> I think some people I think some people think I'm being an asshole, but
0: I think most people can because i 'cause I'm I'm very I mean, you know me bro, like you can I'm not you can read me very easily.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like like you could genuinely see on my face and then I'm surprised. I'm like,
0: Really? Right. You know, like I, like bro, I've had so many people come up to me and be like, Man, I'm glad we squashed that. I'm like, squash what?
1: (laughs) I have (laughs) no
0: idea. Like, they're thinking that we got this beef or this, one of these issues or that I'm thinking about them. Bro, like, you can, it's going to be hard for you to find somebody that says, Ivory said anything bad about anybody else. Right. I don't think you've ever heard of me, you've known me for a long time, can you remember in the years that you've known me, me say anything bad about anybody? I can honestly
2: say that I have never heard you say anything bad about anybody. But I think what has happened over the years is that because and we're going to get to this. There's well, there's part of this that I want to address later on in the podcast. But there, I think sometimes your lack of response makes people think that there's a problem. And I think that that's you where can, some you know of what? that comes and from. I, 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 can, I can go for that. I can go for that. I can definitely go for that. Because because sometimes and, people, and, and are looking, people, people are looking people are looking for something I'm, from you. Like that's a, the, and I I've been guilty of this too because we both come from an alpha male type of personality, leaders in our own right in in different organizations and in different fields. I think what happens is people look to us for response. People look to us for affirmation that they're that they're doing well or that they're valued by us. And if you have tunnel vision ivory and you don't reciprocate that or you don't provide that energy for some people, they feel like there's a problem.
0: You know what? And I'm going to be real with you. Like I've had some people say that to me and I, my girl has told me that before where like you need to say this to this person. You need to say that to that person. And I'd be like, huh? Why? <laughs> like, right bro, like, listen, listen. listen. I'm going to be real with you. Like, dog, I come from the dirt. I come from the gutter, like, like like, no I ain't no gangster bro but if you see where I came from you will understand bro like like bro I am it's the bottom of the fetus where I'm from bro
1: right. you understand like like when I, it was 12 people that lived in the house I lived in and it was a 3 bedroom crib you understand? Know mm-hmm. man was yeah.
0: 12 people and, and I didn't realize it I didn't realize it until i got older <laughs> what what that was you know what i'm saying it's me my mom my sister uh my, my aunts my uncles my grandmama we all living in the same crib, right <laughs> you know what i'm saying and, and if you and, and when i did a video for bigger rankings back in the day called welcome to if v- i did it in front of that house you understand like like bro so i sometimes stuff like that i don't think about you know you understand because that was never part of my reality you understand and so i've never needed that myself so or at least i didn't know i needed it
1: right Right. i mean i did i just didn't know i needed it right (laughs) but i didn't need it as much myself so sometimes
0: i forget i forget to give it and i've gotten a lot better about it now that i'm older because you realize like damn like you got to you gotta show people that you appreciate them. You know what I'm saying? You gotta show people, you gotta, sometimes you gotta give people a pat on the back. Sometimes you gotta
1: give people recognition. Some people just want to be recognized for what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But,
0: honestly, the other, but a lot of the stuff that people said they've been beefing me about over the years is
1: petty shit, bro. Mm -hmm.
0: Like, like, it ain't that what you just talked about. It's actual petty shit. And if you know me, I'm not a petty person at all. Like, I don't do petty at all. Mm -hmm. Like, i just i can't wrap my around i can't wrap my mind around pettiness I just can't right. I can't even get into it like it don't even it don't it don't uh move the needle for me right, right? so it, it's like I, I got so much going on i got so many hats in the fire so many hands in the fire that um uh, I just don't have time for petty so once once my brain uh identifies something that's petty it goes into a little small compartment. <laughs> what we you said,
2: like 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 it, boy, like uh, like bad boys too. Put that little shit in a little box. Throw that bitch goes, in the ocean. Goes, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, like,
1: and you got to be John Kusno <laughs> that box out
0: of that ocean. Because bro, I don't. I just I don't really have time. Okay. So like some of the stuff, like and, and I say I don't have time. People might be thinking that's like on some arrogant shit or like some. No, I I literally don't have time I mean, like I, I just don't like i especially back in the day like mm-hmm. now i've uh okay so what you need to know about me is i'm a, I'm a control freak yes, like, yes you are yes you are hands on i gotta be hands on right and I've, I've gotten a lot better a whole lot better with that like
2: back in the day it was sidebar sidebar you day, love to when, when we would do business together you love to tell me how to do my job <laughs> well, of, of course. Well, see, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm gonna tell you why that. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna tell you why why, why that would be is because I started my company. Uh, I started my company. Like, the first money I really made was as a street team.
1: Mm-hmm. Just
0: like what you were doing. Right. So I did what you was doing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, like, I used to pass out flyers for bigger rankings. I used to pass out flyers for Dr. Doom. I passed out flyers for, for Tom Fisher. For all of you, I used to get paid to do that, right? Mm-hmm. So the job you were doing,
1: I had already done. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was how, one of the ways I really built my success is my street grind, so I
0: took the street grind real
1: seriously.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And to this day, I, I treat the street grind seriously. That's why to this day, you can catch me passing off loud to this day. Right? And I don't have to. I don't have to. I got people I can pay to do that, but nigga, I want to do it because right. I take that shit serious. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, 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 so
2: that's what that was. That, that was that was about. Now, um, now, what I want to talk okay. about too is now you're building success. Um, some people, because this goes back to you talking about your, you had tunnel vision, so you wouldn't know that any of this was going on, would say that you were bumping heads with with some other people on different sides. Um, you have me kind of over here on the on one end, kind of operating as what some people would say. What some people will say. What some people will say is that I pulled people from your team to move over to my team, and that there was some. I don't know if it's invisible because I don't know your relationship with Bigger. I know my relationship with Bigger, but there was this rumored relationship or conflict between Cool Runnings and Point Blank. You know, that was always something that the streets always yeah. said was there. And, and all of this is going on while you're while the Roxy's closing down and you're getting ready to move into the real thing. I think you might have been at Seabreeze for a while too what's going through your head? Is it just literally tunnel vision while all this stuff's going on? Are you aware of any uh, of this stuff being said?
0: No. Well, no, nah, I'm, I'm aware of some of it. Okay, so, okay, you said you, you said Ben and Ryan, anybody else?
2: Those are the those are the main ones that I know because I know my situation where people say, well, Brandon pulled, all of Brandon's success came out of what was point blank because Brandon pulled people from point blank. Okay, so
0: number one, with with, with let's start with you. With that, bro, I, I, God is my witness, bro. I had no idea. Like, like, I don't even know the the people you're talking about. they probably talking about
2: Delvin and and other low-level folks that ended up deciding, okay, you know, I can get some quick cash for doing stuff with Brandon. I never... You talking
0: about D-Money? Yeah. But I never looked at... I never knew that you pulled D-Money.
2: I ended up managing D-Money for two years, bro. But what does
0: that mean? Managing D-Money and pulling D-Money for me, what...
2: I, I guess okay. Well, I mean, this is what this I is what this is. That. I guess this is what the issue is. Eventually, you and D Money end up parting ways, and I guess D Money has some had some issues. And I was going to come back to this, but I guess as we're talking about it, we'll bring it up now. Delvin uh, Delvin had the perception that because of his relationship with me, as we began to do stuff like the DJ May Lodge, um, I started doing my own nights. Some people would say that was in competition with what you were doing. Um... As, as those things are going on, people say that I pulled Delvin, I quote-unquote pulled okay, Delvin. Let me, let, 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 let me stop right there. Like, bro, again,
1: again, and I, I hope D-Money didn't feel like that, and uh, I
0: really hope D-Money didn't feel like that, and if he did, I wish he would have told me. You, you feel me? Like, because I didn't have no issue with that. Bro, I don't have no issue with competition whatsoever. Mm-hmm.
1: Somebody can start a night the same day as me digging bro I feel this
0: is how I honestly feel You you guys anybody in my team they've heard me say this on more than one occasion I feel if I feel that god has blessed me enough with enough talent that if I just do what I'm supposed to do there is no competing with me right I'm going to, I'm going to be successful right like, and that don't mean that you're not going to be successful that just means I am going to be successful you understand? That means we can we can both be successful. Like you understand?
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: I'm going to be successful because I'm going to make sure I'm successful. Now it's up to you to make sure that you're successful as well. Right? You know what I'm saying? Now well, I will tell well, you. I will well, tell well, you. Well, as it relates to I look at that. Well, hold on. The way I look at that is is whether you're successful or not. That's none of my business.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: I'm the type, of, bro. I've never ever been a hater. Right. Like, I like to see people succeed. Like, I really do. And when I see, especially when they succeed and they're doing something that I didn't think of, I'd be like, oh, shit. I wish I would have thought of it. That. That's a dope idea. At, ask Janae Mills. I her interrupt uh, Janae Mills. She's one of the owners of the deck shack. Mm-hmm. Um, they're open at the same time I'm open. Mm-hmm. I bet there's there's a picture of me at the deck shack on a Saturday while Pure is open of me and her hugging. And I posted a picture on my Instagram promoting the deck shack. Right. Because, bro, I'm, bro I am don't hate. Like, it's not, it ain't like that. When you go to Atlanta, there's 10 clubs popping on the same night. I know. You I know lived there. I, I lived know. there
2: for three years. Oh, so yeah, I know.
0: There you go. I just, I just got back from Miami with Q45. We went to three different clubs in the same night. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, like it, like, it don't even have to be like that. People in Jacksonville make it like that. Right. I'm not like that. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm really, really, really not like that. So, like you starting a club night would not—it would have never, ever, ever bothered me at all. Okay. Now, the only thing—the the, the only thing that that would bother me, like, if I felt the money was trying to compete with me, then that might
2: have bothered me. Okay. The let money- me stop you. Let me stop you right there, because of that. Yeah. Because you just made mention of that. Delvin has always made mention to me and has always said that he felt like you cut him off and let me tell you what i'm talking about because there were people in your camp that i'm I'm finna go through it because there were people in your camp who around the same time that that delvin feels like he was cut off which let's say that's somewhere between 2008 2009 you know reduced role in the venues um You know, Uh, open. I'm just let me let me get it all out. Let me get it all out. Let me get it all out. So he he's opening as opposed to getting later later slots. The money isn't quite the same. And according to him, you know that he's having some financial struggles. You know, and I'm gonna leave it general like that. Um, There are some other people in your there are some other people in your camp who are also experiencing some financial struggles. And there's the appearance that you're willing to support people who. Are more recent to additions to the team than you are somebody who felt like that they had been a part of the growing process of the of the uh, team in the early days, and you were unwilling you to supply that, that support that, in the same that. way. What are your thoughts, listen, and, and what is that, your perception uh, listen, on that?
0: that? That makes uh, I can see where I can I, that makes sense, and the only reason why I say that makes sense is because I have to give people this speech now because the people who are part of Crown Capital Group now, for the most part are none of the same people that were around during the time that you're talking about. They're all new people. Mm-hmm. So I have to give the speech more now so it it um it hits me more now. But first of all, let, let's clear a couple things up and then we'll come back to the bigger rings thing. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's clear a couple things up. First of all, everybody on my team was having financial issues at that time. Not just D-Money. Mm-hmm. All right? And b- well, f- before I even say that, first of all, I hope D-Money is listening. D-Money, I love you. From the bottom of my heart, To this day, you can come stay at my house. You can call me. You can have the last dollar out of my pocket to this day. I love you. I ain't never had an issue with you. And I didn't even know you felt like this, and I wish you would have called me and told me. But that's number one. Um, Well, well, that's number two. So everybody was having financial issues at that time, including me. Mm -hmm. Including me. It's just, like, bro, like, everybody, like, I ain't gonna name no names. I ain't got to. Right. Everybody who on my team, everybody on my team knows. If, if you ask Ivory for something, Ivory was going to give it to you, period. Financially, like, and, and, and I'll give you some money, and you ain't never got to pay me back. I don't know anybody who I've came and asked them for their money back. I'm trying to think of it right now. It may over the years, but, bro, I've paid several people bills. And, and listen, and you can ask my girl. My girl be mad at me because I've been late on my bills helping other people pay their. Mm-hmm. They just didn't know. But I'm just a real private person. I, they didn't know that I was hurting all my bills. They didn't know that, and I'm sure if they did, they wouldn't even ask. But they didn't know. It just—it was a perception at that time that I was making all this money. And I'm gonna be real with you. My first deal at the Rock City, I was getting fucked. I, I always like, I always, I always compare myself to a, a professional ball player. When you first come into the league. And you're not a hot draft pick. You know, uh, you're not getting the big money. You're not getting the, the $40 million. You're not getting that shit. You, no, not, I, you know what
2: i mean? I understand. The like first DJ Melage, we broke even because, I mean, I love Tom. And I appreciate the opportunity that he gave us. But trust and believe on that first DJ Melage, because of what I paid him and the bar guarantee I had, I ain't made no fucking money. But it was not opportunity. Well that's
0: what I'm saying. That's, yeah. that, that's what I'm saying. Like when you come into the league, you six round draft pick. When Tom Brady came into the league, Tom Brady was making league minimum. You mm-hmm. understand? Like he got yeah, he got a hundred million dollar contract now. Right. But when he first came in the league, he was a six round draft pick. He was getting league minimum. Yeah, and, and, and guess what, niggas, I am Tom Brady. And I when I came in, when I came in, like I wasn't no known promo I was bigger recons. You know what I'm saying? I was the niggas coming out of nowhere.
1: Mm-hmm. you understand
0: so i am in a six round draft pick. i was getting bad deals i was only getting twenty five percent i was only leaving with twenty five percent of the door from from my first club and i was Shit. taking that twenty five percent and i was splitting it amongst all of my niggas. Mm-hmm. it was it wasn't i
1: wouldn't keep it twenty five percent for myself that would be okay but i was taking that twenty five percent and splitting it amongst like, you know, point blank D, like deep nigga. <laughs> like like, like uh, take twenty five percent of anything and split it fifteen way. Mm-hmm. You know
0: what I'm saying? Like that that like like that's what I was doing. So yeah, everybody was having financial trouble at that time. You know, and then uh we had a couple we had a couple things happen, um uh, like even okay, like okay, so once I once we left the Roxy, the Roxy closed. I'm more established. So guess what? When I went to the real team, it's just like a, just like a football player. I'm a free agent at that time now. And guess what? People got everybody want the Friday night that was at the, the Roxy. So now I can come to the table and I can um I can negotiate. So guess what? I had a, a pretty I had what I thought was a great deal at the real team. It was still good. And, and shout out to Hannah. I love you. I appreciate everything you did. Junior. Taylor, uh, I appreciate y'all whole family mm-hmm. because y'all gave me a, a black man, a black man on a black business and showed me that shit could be done. Right. Right? And I came I came down there and he gave me a good deal. And I was making money. I started making money that time. That's when, that's when I started winning. You feel me? And right. then, then I, then eventually we ended up at Bourbon Street and now I'm winning big. But, what happens at Bourbon Street? Somebody got shot inside the club. Right. So guess what happened? So guess what happens after that? That's just like a. Not, let's say with the football for the that analogy. That's like oh, the nigga got this big contract, but now he done got injured. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Now it's time to renew, and nobody want to take a chance. Like Adrian Peterson, right now. Right. This is one of the best running backs in history. This guy, whenever he retires. He will go into the Hall of Fame first ballot, first ballot guaranteed. He's Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Right now, he's not. he don't got no good deal right now.
1: Mm-hmm. He
0: ain't going to get no good deal right now. Right. So when, when that person got shot at Bourbon Street, first of all, all the money stopped. All the money stopped. Right? For everybody. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So at this time, I'm having to take care of a bunch of people and I'm living off my savings. I'm living off what I saved from the real team and the little short while we were at Bourbon Street. Then we go back there, remember, I renegotiate that deal to come back, but guess what, we got a bad deal. Mm. We got another bad deal, because now, hey look, now we gotta take a chance for y'all. Somebody got shot inside our venue, hey, so guess what, now if you want this venue back, now you gotta get fucked. So, you know, we had a bad deal, and if you had a slow, if you got a bad deal, and you got a good night, you can still eat. You got a bad deal and you have slow nights? Oh ho ho, I was going to the ATM every Friday, pulling out money out of my own pocket paying niggas. So so and this is it this is I told you man, this is the tell all So so at this time everybody is struggling because, you know, Bourbon Street was our main source of income at that time. Right? Um there's no aqua yet. Mm-hmm. Uh bars I remember if I, if I remember correctly, there's no aqua yet. Uh, even if it was, it was, it was it's a Wednesday, so it ain't that it's, not, it's nowhere near as financially. Um, I can I can, I can probably tell you if
2: I if I can pull up the flyers I can probably tell you because I'm the one who did the flyer distribution for you when it was the globe when you opened it I remember the flyer I got so, it
0: so 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 I I tell you I say all that to say at that time everybody even people on my team didn't understand mm-hmm. like they didn't understand that hey. The money ain't what it used
2: to be. You look like right? a because it the is, thing is, is you look like a god to them as far as as far as the presentation and your ability to get these huge venues. Because in Jacksonville, don't, like this club night thing thank is god. Big big.
0: I mean, you, know, you know, I mean, I mean figure, but you, look, you,
2: you know what I mean. Like you look like you look like this this big, huge person. You look like a celebrity to everybody. Everybody values what what you would say and what you think because you've had so much success that they can't imagine. That you're in a bad deal, that and it's still giving the impression that success is going on, but really you're you're paying well, out of your what,
0: pocket. Well, well, guess what, everybody? Welcome to the entertainment
1: business. Right, it's work like rapper, anything else. Your,
0: your, your favorite rapper is going through that same thing right now. Unless your favorite rapper is Jay Z, he's going through that. Your favorite rapper is going through that same thing right now because it's also a lifestyle that we all choose to live. So when I was making that money, man, I ain't gonna lie, man. I'm, I'm doing all kind of dumb shit, man. I, I, I bought that Escalade truck is old now, but I'm still driving now I still drive it now because I I won't sell it so I can keep remember. I bought that truck with cash. Mm-hmm. With, with, with cash, like niggas don't understand. Like like when we was winning, everybody was winning, everybody was getting checks. But and I was spending it like an asshole too. Yeah, my, I bought that truck. Shout out to my homeboy Lonnie. I hope he's tuning in. I love you, bro. His father, God rest his soul, rest in peace. I love him. He he sold that was his father's truck. And his father could have sold that truck for more than what it was worth, more than what I paid, but because I was Lonnie's boy, and I mean Lonnie a part of the Lonnie's a member of Public Entertainment, he sold it to me for for way less than what he was gonna put it on the market for, but it was still a lot of money. It was a damn near brand new escalade. Right. So I bought it with cash. I'm I'm buying I I'm buying Gucci bags, Louis bags, you know what I'm saying? I got I like I'm uh me and four five traveling to New York to BET. You know we went out to LA to the BET Awards. I bought me some Louis luggage because I figured I'm gonna see some celebrities. But I got to hop off the plane with the Louis luggage. I'm living like an idiot because
1: mm-hmm. when you make it, when
0: you making money, when you making money like that, you don't think it's gonna stop,
2: right? You understand? Know Until it stops, you think,
0: <laughs> right? You, you you think it's it's only the beginning? You like damn boy? You start coming like <laughs> like. Like you start saying, okay, I'm
2: making
0: about
2: five grand a week. It's 52 weeks in a year. Oh shit, that's what I'm gonna make this year. And then if I do another part here and I get another night here, oh man, I can triple that. You I start right. doing all this nigga mad, bitch. You know right, know you remember nigga you remember Jamie Sime who uh, who did uh, Club Paris. Yeah, yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie Sime, and Jamie gonna be mad that I that I'm telling this. Jamie Sime was paying us. $4,000 a week for flyer distribution.
0: You hit a lick. <laughs> <laughs> you hit a lick. And to your point, I didn't think that
2: it was going to dry up until it dried up. And then, until it did. And <laughs> right. Just to put it into some context,
0: just to put it to, to some context for people who in listening, I also used to pass out flyers a week. Passed out flies for clubs The most I ever got paid to pass out flies for clubs in a week Was like $500 So $4,500
2: And they were paying it in advance, Ivory We were getting that shit on a Tuesday Oh man, oh man man.
0: (laughs) Uh, Hey, hey, boy, I wish I could find me somebody right there right now Boy, you're seeing me in the streets right now What you doing, Ivory? Boy, I passed out these flies (laughs) That's what I be doing but yeah, man, so so just to, just, to, just to wrap it all up with that point, like, at that time, even people on my team, and this is my fault, people on my team didn't know that I didn't have it like that.
1: Mm-hmm. And it
0: wasn't because I lied and said I did. I didn't lie. I never told nobody I had it like that. They just assumed I had like Like I said, I was always a private person. If you come to me and say, hey, bro, I need something, I'm going to give it to you. You know what I'm saying? If I can... Right. Like bro, if I can, like bro, if, if I got, a, if I got a sandwich and you tell me you hungry, you gonna, have, I'm gonna give you my sandwich, or I'm gonna give you half of it. Like, and you might think, damn, this nigga boy, he gave me that sandwich, he because he can afford to buy three sandwiches. No, nigga, you just my dog. If I love you, if I say I love you, if I call you my dog, if I call you my friend, you, I would never have something and you can't have it. Right. So, live, so like, I got to answer this. I had, had this. friends live with me. You understand? Like, right. if, like if I, if you're my friend, I'm. Well, if I got it, then you got it. And, and, and I think, I think that, coupled with, the people knowing the money we were making, they just assumed that that I still had it. And the other thing they didn't realize is I was taking a lot of that money and I was reinvesting it in the company. So mm-hmm. I would get that money. And I would buy, like, what you make every night isn't retail. actually
2: what you what you actually are able to bring home because you got to sustain the business. I got that part. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I was reinvesting it into the company. I'm, I'm doing things that's helping to make the brand bigger and bigger and bigger. So I'm not holding on to that money because, in my mind, again, and it's the last one I'm going to say on this, my, in my mind, at that time, I was still a rapper. Mm-hmm. So, in that, in that mind, all this was just. Like, temporary. Like, I was just doing this to get to the record business. So I wasn't trying to, I wasn't treating this like this was my income. I was treating this like this is a stepping stone to get to what I want to be my real income. Mm -hmm. You understand? So, you know, know, so that, so Mm -hmm. I was spending like that as well. So at that time, at that particular time that we're talking about, none of us was financially solid and him and a few other people probably thought we were and, and then one more thing I'm going to say because you brought up a point about me focusing on newer people that's in the company and not people that was there from the beginning alright well one book I read is a what I've read before is 48 Laws of Power alright and And not to go too deep, but just to sum it all up, one of the laws, if you read it, it talks about how, you know, um, these two groups went to this king and said, hey, they wanted their support. They wanted that king's support in a war. And the first group came to the king and said, hey, we want your support because we've been supporting you from the jump. You know what I'm saying? We've been with you. We did all this for you. You know what I'm saying? The next group said, listen, we want your support. Because if you give it to us, we can then provide this for you and this for you and we can do this to this for you, right? And who do you think that king went with?
1: Right.
0: He went with the he went with the group that could help him right now, not the group that could that him from the beginning. And the people be like, damn, that's fucked up. But no, you gotta and I tell my people this all the time, bro. Like, I have a daughter right now, right? Mm-hmm. And she has to eat. She has to eat right now. She has to eat tonight. I had to buy her some food tonight. You understand? My daughter got expensive taste, nigga. So mm-hmm. she has to eat. She just I, I had to feed her. You understand? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I can't feed her off of what you did for me two years ago. I can't feed her off, off of what you did for me two weeks ago. I can't feed her off of money I made. Two years ago, two weeks ago, I have to feed her off the of money that I got right now. You mm-hmm. understand? So if, if if you was there from the beginning and you was putting in work, but today, March 20, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, 28th, I think it is, yep. 2017, if you're not putting in the same amount of work and if you're not bringing the same thing to the table that you used to bring to the table, then... I can't pay you like you bringing that to the table right now. You understand? what i saying? We're not in a company like we're, once we get to the point where we are multi, a multi-million dollar company and, you know, it, it's that type of money, then yeah, your stock that you, put in, got, that you own in the company, you could get paid off of that stock. But we're trying to get there. Mm-hmm. Like, we're still trying to get there. And we're still trying to build. And if we're still building, and we're still reinvesting in the company, and I'm still busting my ass, then you got to still bust your ass. Don't tell me what you did for me two years ago. What you did for me two years ago got you my respect. That has you a seat at the table. I tell you this all the time, too. Like, what you have done gets you a seat at the table. What you eat is on you. This is a buffet. Matter of fact, this is a buffet. What you have done has paid, has got you into golden corral. But I ain't finna fix your plate for you. You gonna go to that, you're gonna go pick up your plate, you're gonna go to the spoon, you're gonna put your rice on there, your chicken on there, your steak, you're gonna fix your plate yourself and you're gonna sit down and you're gonna eat. I got you in you in the golden corral because of loyalty and your work ethic that you've done. You understand? Mm-hmm. But we all grown men and grown women. If you work a corporate job, if you work a corporate job, and you was employee of the month two years ago, but today you come in to work high and drunk, they gonna fire your black ass. Do you understand? Right. And that, and and people and people don't understand that. Like people don't people don't understand that in this business. Right. They look at man, I was down from the jump. Da, 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 da. And I'm with you on that, brother, I I love you on that, and I, I appreciate it, I will never forget, I will never forget, but the grind ain't over, the race ain't over, you know what I'm saying, we still in the middle of this marathon, this wasn't no sprint, we ain't Usain Bolt,
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: what I'm saying, this ain't Usain Bolt, we, we, whoever the marathon, we the, we the niggas from Nigeria, you know what I'm saying, right. that's what we are running in the marathon race. You
2: feel me? We, we from Kenya. We from Kenyans. Now, we got to hit... That's what we got. Right, we got to hit. hit one more topic if we if we can, even if we don't hit anything else, because I got a couple more things. Okay, cool. There's one in particular that we really need to hit. We don't need to go, go into detail about how your relationship evolved. 151 talked about that on the podcast, uh, on okay. the previous podcast. They can go back in the archives and they can listen to that. But there were some mentions made about... And even Bird mentioned this about the incident that took place, apparently, that some people will say caused a rift in your relationship with Mike. So, I, n- I don't necessarily need you to repeat what was what I'm, was I'm, told, I'm, per I'm, se, but I'm, what I'm you the, what's your sign? I'm going to you? give you the short cliff notes. I'm going to give you the short cliff notes on what happened with me and 151. And first of all,
1: just so you know, I have no problem with 151. I love 151. I've seen him. Not too long ago, every like time you. I see him, yeah. I, every time I see him, I hug him. Mm-hmm. I, still,
0: I love him. I, I, that will never change. But like, it was just our business relationship went south. I don't, my personal feelings never have changed for one fifty one. Um, now he did piss me off, but that's okay. But all right, so this is this is how it went south in a, in the shortest way I can tell you. First, one fifty one started to want to play different music. Right? He expressed that to me. He expressed that to other people on the team. At the time, we was doing our, our bread and butter was Bourbon Street, Aqua, Real Team. It was a lot of the hood or college parties, 18 and up parties. That's what Jacksonville was, was based on. That was the city. However, anybody who's been on my team can tell you, I told them two years before it happened. I said, listen, in a couple years, it ain't going to be no more 18 and up clubs in Jacksonville. It's going to be all 21 and up clubs, Right. I told, I told niggas this, and you could find 20 niggas to tell you I told them this, two years before it happened, all right? Mm-hmm. And I told them it was coming. But, you know, sometimes, you know, the Bible says where there's no vision, people will perish. And if you don't see the vision, then, you know, it, it's not going to last. You know what I'm You're not going to stick with it. It's not going to last. So him, and not just him, a lot of people did not see it. Mm-hmm. Right, they did not see it, so he felt like, "Hey, man, I want to do this twenty-one and up stuff. That's the crowd I want to be playing for." But I don't see us going in that direction, right? He just did. Even though I told him that's the direction we was going, he just didn't see. He didn't see it because that's all we was doing. We had three nights, and all of them was eighteen and up.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: so it started. It started with first he did a, we, He was he was the DJ. He was the DJ at Aqua on Wednesday right?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And he had been the main DJ. And Vernon started a night at Ivy downtown on a Wednesday. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And with... And without telling me, he switched and went to Ivy. Like, he had a... He did have a brief conversation with me about it, but the conversation went like, I said, hey, is this something you want to do? He was like, yeah, but... You know, I don't want to switch up. I was like, listen, well, we're going to 21 and up, so if you can wait, then that's where we're going. And he was like, cool, well, I'm going to wait. But <laughs> that's not what he did. Yeah. <laughs> he went downtown and, and he didn't tell nobody. Right? I found out through somebody else that he was going to be I, – oh, I, I saw it on the flyer. I found out because I saw it on the flyer. Mm-hmm. So a part of, if 151 at that time really honestly, if you would have just really told me, hey, bro, this the, the way I want to go because it was doing it with Bernie, I wouldn't have cared. I would have just elevated D Money or Bird or one of those guys. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like it wouldn't have been that big of an issue, but I didn't know if he just didn't want to. I don't know if he thought if he told me he he was gonna switch that it was gonna be a problem. Well,
2: you know, Mike's not very not confrontational. Yeah, but, but so 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 okay. So he didn't tell me. I
1: found out to fly. That was fucked up. Okay, that was bad. Right. Mm-hmm. Then.
0: It, it was a series of events. Then we had the Bourbon Street thing. The shooting happened. Bourbon Street closed. Then he went again, and he, he DJed at Twisted Sisters on Friday,
1: right? Right.
0: Now, I remember that. I was, I was promoting cool that. that. <laughs> okay, and, and I was cool with that. I was cool with that because I'm like, shit. I'm if I can't put money in your pocket, go get your money, bro. Right. But it was expected and it was talked about that once we reopened Bourbon Street, that he would come back to Bourbon Street. But we started Bourbon Street back, and he didn't come back. So, okay, that, that was, honestly, that wasn't even a problem with me. Like, I'm going to be real with you. Most of the issues came with other people on the team. Like, I was always the person defending 151, like, for, from the jump. Like, even when 151 first started, he was just learning. I heard him say on his podcast, his, his, his interview, that, you know, he was just learning. He was just learning, so he wasn't a great DJ yet. And I used to have other DJs coming at me, trying to take his spot. And I remember he told me, that I feel like everybody's trying to take my spot. And I, I used to have to tell him, like, bro, don't worry about that. I said, bro, this is me. <laughs> like, they can't take your spot unless I let them. And you, my nigga, you ain't going nowhere. So your spot's safe. Right? I used to argue with people because niggas would be like, oh, nah, man, he's wet. Because these niggas was real hood-ass niggas and they wanted to hear hood shit. And we was playing college shit. So they were, they were playing dancing music. right? So they, they wanted to talk to talk shit about the man i used to defend him a whole lot so we'll be even in the meetings and sometimes i'll be defending him in the meeting mm-hmm. you know and he, and he even admitted that sometimes he got a little cocky arrogant sometimes he wouldn't even show up to the meeting right and this when everybody had to show up to the meeting and it would be all in my house so i was defending him a lot and then and then the last so that okay everybody else was kind of kind of, a lot of people were kind of, um, kind of over dealing with Mike, right? And they was mad at me because they felt like I was, they felt like Mike was spoiled. They felt like he was handed his position, but they just, they just don't know that me, that me and Mike had a good relationship and me and Mike went back to when I started. You understand? Mike was the first DJ to tell me he believed in me, right? but this was before anything. So I'm like, nigga, you believe in me? Okay. Well, fuck it. You, you, you ain't got no reason to believe in me. In my mind, at that time, you know what I'm saying? He had no reason to believe in me, but you believe in me? So fuck it, I believe in you, and we're going to grow together. That's how I looked at it, right? So I don't care what a nigga say about 151. At, at any point in time, that's my DJ. If you don't like it, don't come to my party. Fuck it. That's how I believe. And anybody who's in Portland will tell you that's what it was, right? So pe- some people resented that, and they thought that, they thought that led to him having an ego, and
1: it might have.
0: I don't know, but we all had egos at that time, nigga. We was young niggas that was winning, you know I mean? so right. so like, them niggas had egos too. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So I, 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 I was definitely the, had I was like, one. I'm <laughs> like, nigga, you ain't perfect. You you ain't perfect, so don't be talking about this man. That's how I was. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So then, fast forward, fast forward. Now we got a new club. We got climax. One fifty one didn't come back to Bourbon Street, so Bird took his spot at Bourbon Street. But now that we got this new club climax, and this is our first time being involved from like opening a club, like as far as decorating and that's my first time renovating the club, uh, everything, right? Mm-hmm. So this is our first time really, really getting to put our handprint on a club. Like we name, I named that club. You understand? Right. Like this is my first time doing some shit like that, right? So I'm like, look, we back, and um, who was it? I think it was Bird. It was Bird or Rogers. One of the niggas said, "Hey, man." How you feel about bringing 151 back? Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? I said, you know what? Fuck it, let's do it. Fuck it. I ain't, I ain't holding no grudge. And it ain't like we lost no money. You know what I'm mean? saying? Like we, you know, Bourbon Street was some of our most profitable time at, at first. So mm-hmm. I, would, I ain't holding no grudge. So we brought, <laughs> we had this long meeting, right? And in the meeting, I'm talking about it was niggas arguing. We had all these opinions and shit about should we bring them back? Should we not bring them back? It's fucked up what he did at Aqua. It's fucked up what he did at Berger Street. Ivory, how you going to bring him back? And we took a vote. And the vote went in his favor. And it was like, okay, we're going to bring him back.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Fuck
0: it. Right? Mm-hmm. So, so, we, so, I heard Bird say this. We, uh, we had, to, it had three rooms. We put Top Flight, who was a point of play DJ. We put him in the strip club because he was our strip club DJ. We put a bird. Even though he was the man at Bourbon Street, 151 is still high on the depth chart. We put a Bird in the middle room, but in the main room, we was gonna put 151, and it was a big deal about him returning to the crew. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I don't know if he knew this or not. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if he even knew this. But um, but the night, <laughs> the night of the night of, it's like you know we opened at 10 o'clock. Now it's nine o'clock. Nobody seen Mike. People call it. You know, I ain't panicking. I'm just thinking the nigga running late because you know I'm is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm thinking 150. I'm like, he's he, you know, he's late, man. Damn, this nigga gonna be letting him grind over his shit. I got so much shit to do. I'm not even worried about it. It's getting. It's like 9:30. <laughs> no Mike. Where is they at? they So they call him. People calling him. I called him. Everybody called him. And and I heard Bird say this. My thing, Bird got this wrong because. He said he talked to Mike, but I talked to Mike. Mm-hmm. I talked to Mike. Maybe he talked to him, too. But it's like 9.45 now. We open in 15 minutes. No Mike. I called Mike. Finally, he answers the phone. I said, bro, where did you at? Like, we finna open. He's like, oh. He paused. He didn't
1: even realize. I'm not gonna
0: be He's like, oh, yeah, 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 my bad.
1: I said, bro, when you gonna get here?
0: He's like, uh... Oh uh, bro, I'm not gonna make it. What do you mean not make it? Oh, you like dog. Uh, he like, I where you at? like dog. I'm in Miami. Miami. I was <laughs> so at this point. I don't even know what I don't even know what happened. I don't know if I hung up. I don't know what I said. I don't really even remember. I just remember hanging on the phone and saying, "Fuck it, Bert. You in the main room." We ain't fucking with this nigga no more. <laughs> that was my exact word.
1: We ain't fucking
0: with this <laughs> nigga. So and, and that was what it was about. I don't know how he ended up in Miami. I heard what he said on the on, on the interview. Honestly, when I heard your interview, that was the first time I even heard any explanation about where he was at, why he was in Miami. But like and he you know that's the first time. And this fifteen years ago, ten years ago, I not how long it was. Yeah. So And I thought it was so I that, thought it
2: was important for and that, that was that was that was my way of kind of like, I guess, kind of bridging the gap to you, because I, I felt like it was important as far as historically and from an accountability standpoint that I don't let him just get on my podcast, half answer it and not take any accountability for it. Because no matter how you slice it and, and Mike is my friend, Mike is legitimately my yep. friend. Like he's been to my birthday parties. He's met my parents. He's, you know, all that kind of stuff. He is my friend. But he was wrong for what he what, did. Well, what, 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 just remember,
0: I'm gonna just, I'm just be with you, bro. There's no gap to bridge, like, bro. I don't, I'm not mad at 151. Like, I don't
2: even think about that shit, bro. Like, that's another, that's bad. another one, and that goes back, that goes back to that tunnel vision that you have, because I truly believe uh, that he thinks that you feel, you feel ill towards him, which is why bro, I think, he, which I, is I, why I think he was yeah, a bit, I, 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 he was a, he was a bit I, 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 nervous, be, he was a bit nervous, I think. At the um, Black Alumni Weekend, like it was,
0: like that was important to him. Oh man, no man, this is, listen, man, that was just bad business. When I said I ain't fucking with him, that wasn't I'm not fucking with him as a human, as a person. That's right. like, bro, I've stuck out my, my neck out for you a few times, and it done got chopped off. <laughs> you, know, right. you know what I'm saying? I can't keep sticking my neck out for you. Like, like I've argue with with all these people on the team to tell them I need that, that you're gonna be on the team again and had a main spot again. Like, for instance, think about D Money now, right? Mm-hmm. Think about l let, let's rewind up. Think about D Money. Think about what you said. You said D Money didn't get to get this position, that position. I could have gave that position to D Money. You understand? Mm-hmm. Like I could have said, hey, I could have said hey, um uh, Top Flight gonna be in the strip club, Bird gonna be in the the middle room and D Money gonna be in the main room. Mm You understand? And and maybe you wouldn't have had to ask me the question you asked me 15 minutes ago. Maybe it wouldn't be no beef with D-Money. You know what I'm saying? That that I didn't even know about.
1: Right.
0: (laughs) Like, maybe it wouldn't have been that. Because maybe I could have given that spot to D-Money. If he didn't want it, I could have given it to somebody that wanted it, and that wouldn't be upset with me now because they didn't get a shot. Mm You understand? You understand? So that's me sticking my neck out. And it got chopped off, and and, and and um yeah, man. I went through a period of time where I said, "Look, fuck DJs. DJs are not serious." And that was just my experience. I only knew one DJ that was serious, and that was Q45. And he he crazy, and Bird told you you, <laughs> technically they're crazy. And even at that time, you know, he he was the most serious DJ I knew.
1: Mm-hmm. You understand?
0: Know, like only serious DJ I knew that at that time. Right.
2: Doom is kind of a different animal altogether, but yeah. Well,
0: I, well, I, I won't count Doom because all of that Doom, Doom to me was like an OG, you
1: understand? Right, right, right. He but is for everybody. I,
0: I'm talking about more so like in so let me say that, yeah, in in, in, in my age range, I didn't look at Doom like that, you know what right. i saying? But I have booked Doom, I've used Doom, or
2: whatever, but Love I doom. Love doom. I definitely. didn't see DJs, the DJs that, that, that I was
0: surrounded with and that I knew they just wasn't that serious, man. Like, they wasn't serious like I am. Like, I wish I knew how to DJ especially at that time. Nigga, I would have. Nigga, that's why Ricky, that's why Ricky is Ricky. Ricky is the perfect example of what I'm talking about. Ricky only started DJing because he looked at the DJ game and said, these niggas, sorry. Not as sorry as King DJ, but lazy as far as they don't grind. They're not doing nothing to promote themselves. They're not doing that to take over the market and he said shit if i start dj i could take over the dj
2: and it's funny it's funny that you bring ricky up because i gotta i gotta ask you this question and we only got two more after this so that that way this long podcast can come to an end did you really get into a? <laughs> did you really get into an altercation with ricky at your house I've gotten to several of a several off altercations with Ricky. Do you okay, know Ricky, Ricky? okay, okay. What I'm saying. <laughs> okay, the one that I'm the one that i referred to the one that i referred to the one that I'm referring to the one I'm referring to is the one where he says, "Nigga, make me leave." Yes, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Walk me through that real fast. <laughs> oh man, I don't want to go through all that, man. let put it like this, because that's my
0: nigga. I love Ricky. Mm. He know that. That's my nigga. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he's fucked up. Ricky's crazy, bro. Ricky's—he's out of there, bro.
2: Ricky's crazy. Right. <laughs> you know he I'm definitely saying? is. he—he's
0: crazy. But he, Ricky is great at what he does. You understand? Like mm-hmm. his grind, his grind is undeniable. But bottom line is, Ricky crazy ass, we—we we in my house, right? We on the and we in the hood, and uh, we in the hood. And I, but I got an old lady who lives next door to me. Go to church with with my family. I got another person across the street, older guy who's, a uh, friend, of, friend of the family. These people I know, right? So Ricky and Leo, Rick and Leo
1: probably, Ricky and Leo actually get into an argument at my house, mm-hmm. right? And they yelling and they cussing loud
0: and you can hear it all outside and my daughter's in the other room and I'm like, all right, look. It went on far enough. I'm like, look, y'all got to chill. Y'all got to chill. And Leo, if you know Leo, those, the Leo is a beast when Leo get mad mm-hmm. you know he like a fucking freight train you can't stop Leo right. but even Leo chilled out and Ricky did and I'm like Ricky you gotta chill bro he's still cussing laughing and, and he's like nah he just was so passionate about whatever he was arguing about he wanted to get his point across right and after he wouldn't chill I told him look bro you're gonna have to leave and basically he told me to make him leave <laughs> and long story sir, I did make him leave <laughs>
2: <laughs> that, 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 that is, you that is the greatest man. story ever <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that, yeah you can't you can't tell a grown man in his crib to he makes sure you leave his crib so you listen to say that went that was the only time I think an altercation with me and Ricky got physical everything else was just uh, just you know Ricky just yelling and arguing and shit like that but yeah. that, family man, family fight, me and my sister done fought, me and my brothers done fought like, it, just, it, ain't, it ain't that serious like Rick can have whatever he wrote, Rick won my car, he can have it <laughs> you know, that's Rick, right. you know what I'm saying, I love Rick
2: two more, I, two I more questions
0: I like Rick. and niggas niggas who don't like Rick I understand, whatever, he might have did some shit to you, mm-hmm. but I'm still gonna fuck with Rick mm-hmm. I'm still, I'm, uh, you know what I'm like, saying without going into too much detail I done stood in front of Pistols for Rick, mm-hmm. about Rick and
2: I would do it again. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? At his core, Ricky is uh, a good person. I mean, at his core, Ricky is a good person. He will bump heads and rub some people the wrong way, and I can see somebody pulling a pistol on his ass. But at, at his well, core, it, he's a yeah. good person. Well, that, 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 Ricky is a great person, man. Like, Ricky
0: Rick is a great person. Like, and he is he is crazy. He do all whatever he do. But Ricky Ricky is a great person. He is loyal. hmm he do what I say, and when he fuck up, he will acknowledge his fuck up. Mm-hmm. Not
2: at the time, yeah, right? Down. Everybody <laughs> says that. Everybody is saying he'll apologize. Not at the time, but he'll well, apologize. Well,
0: I'll be real <laughs> with you. I'm probably one. I'll, I'll be real with I'm probably one of the only people where he actually will apologize during the fuck up, right? Right. But then. He'll apologize, but they go right back to doing it. Right. <laughs> He'll be like, man, fuck this shit, they don't fuck this shit. I'm like, Rick, you
1: gotta chill. He's like, man, I'm sorry, man. Fuck this
2: shit, <laughs> <laughs> that, That's that's Rick. Okay. So, two, more, know, two more you, I, two more questions for you, Ivory. Okay. Two more questions for you, and then I'm gonna let you go. Now you've heard me okay. praise you as the greatest rapper in the last fifteen years in the history of Duval. What are your feelings <laughs> when, What are your feelings when you hear me say that and why haven't you gone as aggressively after music in the last, let's say, 10 years when that's obviously your most gifted arena? I, I've said it. I don't know if you listened to my, the uh, one where I said my 10 favorite mixtapes, and, and I, just, uh-huh. I just gushed over your mixtape. Ivory. No, I did Ivory, Ivory, you're the amazing. The I to was Bird, Rick, and uh, 151. I okay. heard And, it, I, and because, I probably you mentioned know, I, how talented of a rapper you are on all of them. Ivory, you're amazing. You're amazing on everybody else's record that you get on. Every time I look forward when Trap has his mixtape come out every year for his birthday, I look forward to hearing you on his mixtape. I I have said to shout out that on the record that you did with Shoutout nephew Swords and you and you ended up doing the last verse. I told so Sw- I told Shoutout, he should have never let you get on the last verse cuz you murdered him on his own shit. Now, what <laughs> Wait, uh, like, why right. is it that you aren't as aggressive in that when essentially what you've done, the catalog that you've built over the last 10 years that you've kind of been semi-active in the in the music, in the music rapping department, you've essentially become the Andre 3000 of Jacksonville, that when a nigga put you on their shit, shit, you murdered him on their own shit. Why aren't you more aggressive in that arena? Uh, one, man, I really
0: appreciate that, that you saying that and anybody that, that I hear, a lot of people have said, you know, real positive things about me as an MC, and I really appreciate that, man, because I'm an artist at heart. Um, I really love the music. I really love the music. So when a nigga appreciates the fact that the music that I make, like, that's more important to me than money sometimes, to be real with you. But um, um, that's also one of the reasons why I haven't pursued it as much. Well, one of those reasons is that the way music, the direction that music has gone in over the last 10 years is just, you know, to me, honestly, it's sad. 90% of the songs you hear us play in the club, I don't like
1: them. Mm-hmm. I only play them, I only play them because you niggas like them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, 90% of the
0: music that is played right now, honestly, from an artist standpoint, is trash. Like, if you were born anytime in the the eighties, the then most of what you hear now you probably don't really like. It's mm. hard. It's, it's hard for me to believe that you like it. You know what I'm saying? Because what you grew up on is not this shit. <laughs> right. you know what I'm saying? So and I don't want to sound like an old ass hating ass nigga, but that's just the truth. Like I can't you brought up Andre three thousand. Who like who is who is that today? I mean you got your J. Cole, you got your Kendrick's, but them niggas few and far between. Right. Andre 3000 wasn't the only nigga riding during the time he was in his prime. He was a bunch of niggas,
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: what I saying? Mean? But now, you can tell on one hand how many niggas actually are good. They can actually rap. Right. Some niggas make good songs, and I can appreciate niggas who make good songs. It's just like Luke made good music back made good music for the club back in the day when i got to the club i didn't want to hear andre 3000 i wanted to hear luke so a bitch could shake her ass in front of me mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying i want to hear no andre three stacks but when i'm in my car man, i want to hear three stacks right so you had you had niggas then who also made music that wasn't like lyrical and and, and deep thinking and all that you know powerful you don't have to you, know, you don't need that shit all the time you know what i'm saying you need music for all occasions now we only have music for one occasion now. like is the is to bop in the club. That's it. It ain't it, like it's very few artists now that make the type of music that I am am very good at. Actually, you know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah, I get on people's songs and I can spit a hot verse, but because that's easy. I've been rapping since I was four, nigga. Like me and rap, uh, rappers only a little bit older than me. You know what I'm saying? Like I was there from the beginning. I, I grew up on like Run DMC and, mm-hmm. and and shit like that. Like as rap grew, I grew. Right, you understand? Like, so it's in me. You can't be, you can't be twenty one and nineteen and out rap me. You can't, cause I've been rapping longer than you've been alive. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> you, you can't. It, it's impossible. Do you feel me? So it, I don't, it, nigga, shouldn't take no slight to that. You feel me? Like it's just that is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it's in me. Right. You feel me? So that's one reason. The other reason is, the other reason is this is that when i was pursuing it bro when i was pursuing it i was taking money that i was making from the club and i was dumping it into the music and any artist that's chasing the music business dream right now they'll tell you that shit is expensive bro that shit costs money and it's it's, it's one of them investments it's a gamble i don't even call it no investment it's a gamble because it's a high chance that you don't win yeah. you know what I mean? it's like It's like shooting dice, nigga. (laughs) It's like it's
2: it's it's, it's like writing books. I I suffer. I deal with the same. I mean, there are tons of people who appreciate what I've written. I mean, I've got you know. I don't know if you know. I've got three books that I put out, and I mean, so you'll
0: understand. So you'll understand because it's like it's like, bro, you can put a lot of money into chasing this music, especially back when I was doing it because the internet wasn't as strong, right? You understand. Like you now you can know, probably
2: do it because everything's digital. If you wanted to do a project, Everything. you sit down over a exactly. weekend and you can knock it out and it, you can put out a project. And yeah,
0: you ain't you ain't even gotta you ain't even got press up no CDs. Right. Like you know how much money you know how much money I put in to pressing up CDs, nigga. Nigga, so there's some nigga with a CD duplication company right now that's probably driving a because of me. You <laughs> understand? Like, like, come on, you know what I mean? The studio owners
2: got. Pay because of me. You I know what I like, know Sean. It's like, it's like you, you spend
0: a lot of money chasing the dream. And what I noticed, it was like, okay, I'm pulling money away. I'm taking money that we're making, that we are generating. When I say we, I'm talking about the whole point of black entertainment. We all have a hand in generating this money. I'm taking money that we're generating, and I'm putting it into my dream. You know what I'm saying? Because not everybody who got in the point blank, or well, not everybody who was in point blank at the time, got in it with me when I with, from the music. Mm-hmm. Like, the people who was there from the music, they was with it. You know what I'm saying? But the people who wasn't there for, from that time, from the jump, they might not have understood it. So you got somebody like, a, let's, let's say a D-Money, you know, who's saying, hey, man, I'm not getting the checks. I'm going through this financial problems. I'm not getting the checks that I need to get. But, so i already got, got this money right here, right? i got this. this, this, this I got this $1,000. I can give it to D-Money, and make sure D-Money and his family can eat, or I can take this money, I can buy some CDs, and, and go press out some CDs that I'ma give away for free. You know what I'm saying? To try to push myself as an artist, hoping that I will get to a point where I'm getting these shows, and I'm getting enough money that I can take care of everybody, right? right. That's hoping that, right? So it just got to the point where for me, I was choosing between my, pe- my me and my niggas struggling uh, and chasing my dream. That is my niggas, even my own family, because my family had to sacrifice for me to chase that. You understand? And like I was leaving home, I'd be I, I'd be going on the road for for days or weeks. You understand? So and my family was having to suffer with. So I had to make a choice. I had to be like, look, man, this. I'm making money at these clubs. I'm generating the money. The money is being generated. Now, what do I do with it? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I'm choosing between feed and my team and, and chasing my dream. And that became a real hard choice. So, it's like, I, so now you see me chasing it when I can. You know, um, I'm, I'm going at it, but I'm not going all the way. And I just don't know how
2: to do that. I don't know how to do something without doing it hundred and ten percent. Well, you know Ivory, Ivory, well I, I'll so that's say this. how it fell off. I will say this, Ivory, and I'm saying this on the podcast, and you can hold me to this, and I mean this wholeheartedly. I've said the same thing to shout out because I believe that there's still talent in Shoutout. There's some things artistically that Shoutout needs to change in order to do one final album. If there's a and I'm more I'm not really like looking to I don't want to be a producer or anything like that. I kind of like to curate ideas, work with people to kind of develop ideas. If you want to do another project, I will fully support it in any way that I possibly can. I will fly back and forth to Jacksonville to support that. Effort. No, I'm I'm serious. I, I don't like work. I won't fuck with niggas that I don't I don't like artistically but I like you enough artistically that if there was anything that I could do to help support at least one more project where it's just one more push, hell, the shit just go out digital and we call it a day. I feel like the world, even if they don't get the opportunity to to receive it in the way that it needs to be received when it first comes out, I feel like the world needs kind of like a historical collection of this is who Ivory Ore was as an artist. It doesn't need to be wasted. No disrespect to any features that you've done. It doesn't need to be wasted on other people's shit. Because there's too much talent for it not to be one well, collection I'm a, I'm of gonna art. I'm going to be real with you. Like, I, hopefully, and I, I appreciate that, man. I really
0: appreciate that, that you even, even said that. Even look at me in that light. And anybody that does look at me in that light. Um, and hopefully, I will get... I, I've been thinking about it, honestly, about putting out a project, not really for trying to chase no rapper, but just to put it out just to show uh I could do. I actually thought about just calling it just because I can mm-hmm. and just you know, putting it out there and showing niggas what time it is. And, you know, Because uh, a lot of people who meet me now have no idea I do music. Like <laughs> People that sit like they twenties and, and like the young cats and, and the, the, the new people on my team, these people who work for me now, have no idea that this all started that they have a job now because I was doing music. They have no idea, what so I, I thought about putting that out, and that that's probably what happened. I just got to find a little time to uh, to do it. But I, I, I'm at least, like you said, at least it'll come out digital, and I do it. But right now, I'm, I'm focused on. I got so much going on right now, bro. Like if you know all the, every all the moves I'm making right now, then you would you would know I got so much going on it's like it's kinda hard to find the time but once I do, I'm gonna give you niggas a few of them and y'all you y'all, y'all see what and it's you about. Make
2: sure you give um, me a call when you do. I I truly mean it. Well
0: well well what I what's more important to me now though, honestly, is getting back to a point where I can get on the, in the record industry side of it where I can either start a label or get back to artist management and start getting behind artists and pushing artists because there is talent and I don't want to see somebody I don't want to see another rapper in my city have the same or any city have the same story that I got this nigga super super talented and you ain't never heard him I don't want I don't want that to happen like I didn't have nobody that got behind me that had the power that I have now like you know
1: what I'm saying Mm -hmm. like I had to get behind me (laughs) you know what I'm saying like it wasn't no it wasn't no Oh man, this nigga bit the house on Ivory, and
0: and he got behind Ivory, and made it happen. It wasn't no Dame Dash for Ivory. I, it was Ivory was Dame Dash and Jay Z and Kareem Biggs. You know what i mm-hmm. Like, like, like it wasn't no none of that. Like, like one thing, like that's why I love Ricky because he got behind Trap. And then no matter what a nigga said, they they got tired of, of Ricky playing Trap. He didn't give a fuck. He played Trap, and I supported that. You know what I'm saying? And and, and to this day, niggas get mad, but I don't give a fuck because. That's his artist. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't nobody to do that for me. So I understand that trap. I hope, I I pray to God that trap understands how important that is from Ricky. And I, I I, I don't even got I know trap understands that. I already know because trap is loyal to Ricky. He loves Ricky. You know what I'm saying? But, niggas don't understand, bro. It wasn't no, it wasn't nobody to do that for me. You you understand? Mm. Like, me being able to put Rick in a position allowed Rick to be able to put Trap in a position. You know what I'm saying? Right. But it wasn't nobody. It, there was nobody to put Ivory in a position. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just how it goes. But so what I would like to do now is I want to take these resources, find these talented artists, get behind them, and 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 go all the way with it, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I, like, bro, 245, 45 I'm going on the road with him. When he got signed to YMCMB, um, and we went down to Miami and we chilling in the studio with Birdman and Lil Wayne, and I'm sitting here having conversations with Birdman, I'm having conversations with all these people. Mm-hmm. So I'm realizing, no slight to them, no disrespect to them, but I'm realizing these niggas ain't got shit we ain't got. All mm-hmm. they got is the, 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 the they got the the money, but it don't even cost that much money to push records no more. Right? You understand? Like that? Like, but these niggas they Bro, like as far as I'm talking about, they don't know shit that we don't know. <laughs> like they ain't got some some master plan that we ain't got. You understand? Like I'm sitting there talking to these niggas, I'm like, wait a minute. I thought it was something. This whole time, I thought it was something that we was missing. Nope. You understand? I thought, <laughs> I thought it was something. I thought it was something like, damn man, they got they got access to this, or so they got some they got something that we ain't got, mm-hmm. and we just gotta learn it. And then once we learn it, then, then we good. Right. No, they got the same tools we working with. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's like this. It's like YMCB, Birdman, Young Money. They got, they got. A big, let's say we all got grass. We got to cut the grass. They got a, they got a nice fancy ride lawnmower that we can sit down with and, and ride on it and, and self propelled you know what I'm saying
1: mm-hmm. and, and you're chilling
0: you cut the grass in no time they got one of them right now we got the same grass but we got one to push lawnmowers. but we got what it takes to cut the goddamn grass mm-hmm.
1: you understand right. we, we got
0: what it takes to get the job done right. we got what it takes to get the job done we just ain't using it. Right. We sitting here trying to figure out how to get the we, we we're walking past the pushing lawnmower, sitting here talking about damn. I wish I could cut this grass. I wish I had a ride in lawnmower so I could cut this grass. Meanwhile, our grass growing up looking like goddamn jungle. We getting bit by fleas and birds <laughs> and shit like that, right? But but we got a goddamn lawnmower right there. And we ain't cutting the grass. Can't you
1: know what I'm saying?
0: That? And that's what's going on in Jacksonville, Florida right now when it comes to the music business. We got everything we need. We just don't know it. Mm. We just don't know it, or we too lazy to do it, or or you know what I'm saying? Like, no, it, it, understand? Like, I understand what you It's stuff that's to keeping us holding us back. Like that's what it is, bro. It ain't no big secret. Any artist is listening right now, and I'm gonna say this. I know we gotta wrap up, but this is very important. Any artist is looking right now. There is no secret to this shit. You do not have to fly to Atlanta. I mean, you don't have to move to Atlanta. You don't have to move to Miami. New York, you ain't got to do all that shit, bro. And even if you live in them cities, because them, them people who live in, that city, in them, them cities, they struggling to make it too. Bro, it ain't no big secret, bro. Just go out there and get it. Niggas is making hits in their they fucking bathroom now, bro. Right. right. Like, come on, bro. It, it, ain't, nah, it ain't, no, ain't no master plan. But to be honest with you, the hard part is staying on top. The hard part is staying on top. The hard part ain't even getting there now. You understand? Like, it ain't even getting there. I'm in there with Birdman. They they talking about... They they, there having a conversation about... I'm not going to say his name because it might cause beef if they hear it. But a DJ that wasn't playing the record. Same shit that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> same, same shit I'm talking to believers about. A DJ not playing the record. Now, this Birdman. This nigga got $500 million at one point in his life. Mm-hmm. You know, he's $500 million, nigga... As opposed to Belize, you know, and Belize got money too, but he got five hundred million. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Right. But they both—they both complaining to me about the same thing <laughs> about the TJ not playing. their record. You understand? Know so yeah, man. Birdman got to ride lawnmower. Belize got to push lawnmower. Belize has got to push, lawnmower. Got to push his lawnmower till he get to the ride lawnmower. He gonna get there, man. Mm-hmm. You understand? Know like it ain't no—it ain't no big secret, bro. It ain't—it ain't. They ain't got shit. You ain't got. The right. same niggas that's shooting videos for them, they shooting videos for you,
1: right? And
0: they and they, some, they either taxing them niggas or they shooting them niggas shit for free. This the fucked up part. They shooting them niggas shit for
2: free to get their they, name they, on the tax- tagline and visibility.
0: Right, they they shooting Birdman video for free, and then they come to to, to Swords or Belize or Trap to say, "Look, I shot Birdman video, so you got to pay me." Yeah, 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 yeah. But the same camera this motherfucker got. You could buy it for $600.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, nigga,
0: get a job. You ain't got to sell dope for this shit no more. Get a <laughs> job for this shit. <laughs> like, no. Well, no. Like, niggas don't understand. When I went to go try to shoot a video, I sat down with some with, with, uh, with a person in the industry who shot videos for people, and the cheapest video was like $20-something 1000 dollars for a low-budget video. Right. Because because they were using film. You know what I'm They were using film. You know what I'm saying? Like, nigga. You can, you can get up the same quality video
1: right
2: now for 600 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? On your, so really, I'm saying you, do, you can do, do shit on your iPhone if you add a couple of little uh, lenses and shit to it. Man, don't even tell me that. That's going to make me start shooting birds at these artists. We can play. <laughs> I, I swear, I swear to God, dog, a couple hundred, dollar, a couple hundred dollar lenses and shit like that. You can do a lot of the same shit on your iPhone.
0: No, I'm not gonna, listen, I'm, no, no, I'm not gonna listen to that because <laughs> then I'm gonna look, look at these artists sideways. I'm gonna take. No, a couple, I'm, man, I'm, I'm, fine, I'm fine, fine. When we get out this, when we get out this
2: podcast, when we get out this podcast, go, go do your Googles on this. I guarantee you, there are different lenses that you can add to your own iPhone. Yeah, I mean, they cost a few hundred bucks here and there things like that. There are a couple of programs usually that you can get for free off off, uh, off iTunes. And you can put all that together, string it together and do it.
0: Well, you just said it right there. The point is, man, the shit don't cost that... It don't cost as much as it used to cost. You know what I'm saying? The barriers to entry to this business... I, I'm sorry, I'm a business major. Y'all, I got two business degrees. So I use words like that. The barriers to entry for this industry are a lot lower than than what they used to be. You know what I'm saying? They're a lot lower than what they used to be. So when niggas complain to me now about shit, I really be looking at them funny. I look at these niggas like they lazy. <laughs> Bro, go, go, go make a, make, first of all, make a hit record, which is what most people lack. Make an actual hit record, not something that you think is a hit, something that's actually a fucking hit. And it's a hit because a lot of people like it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Go get your hood behind it. Go get your side of town behind it, then get your city behind it, then get your uh, state behind it,
2: then get your region behind it, then get your country behind it. I just gave it to you. That's how you do it. All right, and there you thank have you it, together, man. man. Y'all been listening to Ivory or man, Ivory. Thank you so much for getting on this podcast. I really appreciate it. You really give us some insight. You've given a lot of people some uh, some clarity on. Just maybe your personality. So all of these allegations about how, how you feel about this person, all of that that person, all that kind of stuff can kind of be put to rest, man. And once again, I want you to know that I appreciate you. For years, I've always viewed you as a mentor. Um, like I said on other podcasts, in a lot of ways, I I think that to a certain degree, I was probably chasing being quote unquote being ivory ore because you know, whether it was Vernon or whether it was Ivory, you guys were the kind of people that I idolized and I wanted to be in this industry. So I thank you for the knowledge that you guys gave me over the years, the motivation that you gave me, even when I was frustrated with y'all and wanting to compete, the drive that you gave me for those things, it definitely has made me a better person then. And it's made me a better man now. And it's made me successful in the world of of transportation and logistics, and managing people, and dealing with situations and circumstances, and having to work with you guys. So I, I just wanted you to know that I really do appreciate you, and, and I value you as a as a person and as a friend. Well,
0: man, I, I appreciate that, man. And if anybody out there thinking I got a problem with them,
2: it's only two niggas in this city that I actually don't like. Okay, we we we, we already we already an uh, hour and fifty six minutes in, so we ain't gonna. You're not one of them.
0: Chances are you're not one of them, so you don't, you don't gotta worry about that, man. I, I, I love y'all. I love my city. I support y'all. If you're serious about what you're doing, I wanna get behind you. Holler at me if I don't. If if I don't get right back at you, don't get frustrated. Stay on top of it, just like I had to stay on top of it.
2: Just like I had don't to stay on top take, of him in order to get two hours of his time. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly.
1: Don't take no for an answer. Mm -hmm. and and, and, man if I can support you anyway if I can help you anyway man I'm definitely going to try I'm definitely going to try thank you Brandon for having me on your show thank you to everybody that's listening Mm
2: -hmm. Jacksonville Duval County no no doubt and if you need to get in contact with me you can hit me up on the email at brandoncopyjacobs at yahoo.com you can hit me up on Instagram at Brandon Kobe Jacobs. You can even hit me up on the Snapchat at BKJEST1984. You've been listening to the established 1984 podcast. And Ivory, oh, one more question, man. We still got beef? <laughs>